Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend, weekend. Friday, Friday. Getting down on Friday. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday. Welcome to the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Brooke Grimsley is here. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here. A little bit tired. Matthew Rocchio is here. I'm Randy Carricker, and it is great to have you with us at 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Good morning, Brooke Grimsley. How are you doing? Good morning. I'm doing good, but man, you guys had a late evening Ooh. last night. How did that go at the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame? It was great. St. Louis Ooh. Sports Hall oh, of Fame. Oh, St. Louis Sports. And, Excuse uh, me. It was, it was great. Uh, Demetrius Johnson inducted posthumously, mm-hmm. and I had the honor and pleasure, along with Frank Cusimano, of inducting DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, CD brought in one of his rivals. Yeah, Coach Krasinski, <laughs> Rick Krasinski, head coach from uh, Hazelwood East. They asked me to make sure that I wouldn't say anything crazy about the Spartans today on the morning, but you're not here, so I, no. Nah. Coach, Coach Gorzo, uh, great man, great coach, did a fantastic job in his tenure at, as the head coach at Hazelwood East. A lot of professional football yeah. players, a lot of college players uh, from that program. So, you know, hats off to those guys. And it was great. Chris Pronger went in. Uh, the uh, the great Carolyn Kindle went in. And uh, I also had the honor of uh, inducting David Lee, former NBA star from Chaminade, went to Florida, won an, uh, won a, uh, almost won a championship at Florida. He was one year away and then won a championship with the, the Warriors, but it was a, a great group. Nine people inducted into the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. Had a great time. That sounds like a great evening, it even was. though it went late. I, it was. I was surprised when you were telling me like the time you went on stage. I was like, 10 o'clock. Yes. I sound like a grandma now just because of this morning show and getting <laughs> <laughs> we, we can't forget you, man, too. You, man. Oh, you man. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very. Let's, yeah. Let's, yeah. Yes. You, man, is, he is the man. Great, yeah. Great, great, great He's. Guy. Like the nicest person in the world. If yeah, you've ever is. met John Hewlett and he's been in radio for 50 years, he just retired recently, but he's, we still see him. I think we'll see him today, right? <laughs> Probably. Were you in there with him? Well, uh, he, he comes in, in a, seven. Yeah, he comes in a little bit later. Yeah, right. Yeah. He, he's coming in at later at Oh, yeah, seven. later. Yeah, because yeah. we get here at 7. <laughs> we're here so early. Uh, the Cardinals are going to be back in action tonight at the ballpark, and they're going to be home against the Philadelphia Phillies. And this will be a fun weekend because it's kind of a rematch, guys, of last year's playoff series. And I think the intensity level will be matched over the course of the next three days to what we had here in St. Louis last year in October. 
Brooke is giving me a Have look. you seen the team of Seasons? Juan Yepes isn't here, Randy. It's not oh, the same. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Neither you know is Jose Quintana. There you go. <laughs> there you go. There, or Jordan Montgomery. I mean, there's like there's a few guys missing <laughs> yeah. right now. It's, it is very weird to see how different these two teams are. Well, I should say the Cardinals, how different the Cardinals are compared to where they were at at that point last season when you faced the Phillies in the playoffs. Jack Thompson will pitch for the Cardinals, and our guest at 930, Aaron Nola, is going to pitch for Philadelphia tonight. So stick around, make it a point to tune in at 930 when we talk to future free agent and maybe future Cardinal right-hander Aaron Nola at 930. Ooh, I was saying, can we like sprinkle in some nice St. Louis facts Oh yeah, before each question? Just like every once in a while, hmm, do you like uh, toasted raviolis? Anyway, so how's everything going (laughs) for you this season? (laughs) (laughs) To try to convince him possibly to come here to St. Louis. Emos Pizza. Emos. We got all of yes. that. In a few moments, we're going to talk to Lindenwood coach Jed Stugart. His team takes on Western Illinois tomorrow. Jay Delsing. In 30, we're going to talk to former Mizzou defensive lineman Atia Ellison about Mizzou and Memphis at the Dome a week from tomorrow. Atia played against Kerry Davis when Mizzou played Illinois back in uh, the early part of the century. We don't have to talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we'll talk about Man. it. <laughs> Randy, we can, now, there's we'll some things you can leave out. Here, no, 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 no. You can ask him about the betting line, Ten. Mizzou being you know, yeah. Let's, talk, let's, let's focus on the on the present. Okay, Randy. okay, we can do that. <laughs> uh, Chip Chip Carey will be with us, and we're also going to talk to Evan Cohen, who is the host of Unsportsmanlike before us on ESPN Radio. Last night, Thursday night football, Eagles and Vikings, and man alive, the Vikings just need to hang on to the dang football. Oh, <laughs> turn it over. Turnovers are a killer. So, uh, and yeah. no matter what level you play at. Yeah, Jake Elliott hits a first quarter field goal, and late in the quarter, Philadelphia coughs the ball up, and two plays later, Alex Madison of the Vikings fumbles, gives it back to Philadelphia. Uh, Second quarter, early in the quarter, Kirk Cousins leads the Vikings on a great drive. Six of eight for 74. Unfortunately, this is how it ended. After review, the fumble went over the pylon, which by rule. Very interesting point here. You have to have possession of the ball as it crosses the goal line in this situation. For it to be a touchdown, certainly, but he clearly loses control before he gets to the goal line. Right. And it does indeed go over the pylon, as we just heard the referee announce. Stupidest rule, not only in football, but in all of sports. You lose the ball at the goal line in the NFL. Every place else you lose it out of bounds, you get the ball back. But at the goal line, it's turned over to the other team as a touchback. It's the stupidest rule, not only in football, but in all of sports. It's a ridiculous rule. Depends on who you're asking. I think if you're uh, on defense, you you appreciate the rule. (laughs) I was going to say that. I was going to say, it's 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 basically for defense, right? If it fumbles into the end zone and no one has the opportunity to recover it, it goes out of bounds, I, I... Rules are rules. Take care of the ball. I wonder why they wouldn't be consistent. Why wouldn't they give it to the other team when you fumble it out of bounds? Well, because it went out of bounds, not through the end zone. What's what's the difference? uh, uh, One's the end zone and one's the sideline. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I don't know know if I gave you an answer that you were looking for. It just feels like it's a little too harsh of a punishment. And I get that maybe it's supposed to give more the defense more of an advantage in certain ways. But it it just feels like a very harsh punishment for that. For me, that was a a player trying to make a play in the moment. I don't think, you know, that's something you you can't overcoach. Justin Jefferson was trying to make a play. He fumbled it. He's reaching out to score. Unfortunately, ball slips out of his hand. 
Uh, I want to point this out, though. We talked about this last week with this Vikings team. Last year, they won 11 one-score games. Mm-hmm. Right now, this year, to start the season off, they are 0-2. And so you talk about not being able that the magic of finishing games in the way that they did last year, the one uh, mm-hmm. one possession games this season, zero two already. That's a little bit concerning. And missing Dalvin Cook. Oh yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that was a decision they made. They, they yep. undervalued the importance of the running back. They did. Jake Elliott hits a sixty-one yard field goal at the end of the first half, thirteen-seven at halftime. Jalen Hurts for a one-yard run early in the third quarter, and then later in the third quarter, it was Hurts through the air. Third and four, here comes pressure. There goes the ball wide open. It is Smith again, all the way for the touchdown. 63 yards, Devontae Smith, that was with 10.54 left in the third. The Vikings threatened late. They scored three more touchdowns, but Philadelphia wins it 34-28 to and improved to 2-0 and on the season and doing everything that everybody, well, not everybody, that most observers expected that they would do. And Jalen Hurts is just sensational. 18 of 23 for 193 yards and a touchdown, and he also runs 12 times for 35 yards and a couple of scores. And DeAndre Swift, 28 for 175 on the ground for Philly. Can I just say... Watching this Philadelphia Eagles team, it touches my heart. Randy, 48 carries as a team for 259 yards, three touchdowns. Sign me up. Where do I? Where do I? How do I get my Philadelphia Eagles? Where do I got to get a, a a jacket, a shirt, a hat? I'm going to support a team that runs the ball damn near 50 times. I wow. want that team on my. I, I like that team. <laughs> You're going to become an Eagles oh, fan. I, I, All right, just, somebody just mark when, that down yeah, right I, now. I, I will, mark I it will down. Cheer for any team that gives the running back 28 carries. Yes. In 2023. Pretty good. I like that. And, Carrie, it's like you were talking about with the Vikings not establishing the running game. I thought this was interesting. Through two games so far with the Vikings, 743 yards of total offense, 69 of which just coming from the ground. That doesn't seem sustainable to make a playoff push when you saw what they were capable of last season. And then you look at the Eagles. It it works out for them. It seems like, and it's just two games, so this is a little bit of an overreaction. They're going to have to establish the passing game a little bit more, but I, I think that they'll be able to get that. Yeah, I agree. I, you're going to get A.J. Brown involved at some yeah. point because he's becoming frustrated because he's a receiver and he doesn't see the big picture. He has blinders on. He sees his stats. That's what they do. He's a diva. They, they, I, Randy, here's they, the they, thing. they're I, not bad people. No, no they're, they're no, just no. they're just they're they're, they're they, they are who they are. They want to contribute to winning. <laughs> They're locked they in with that. I, what did you guys think of that on the sidelines? A lot of people were making you know a lot to do about on the sidelines where it looked like A.J. Brown and Hurts were getting into it. To me, I just thought it was heat of the moment. As you said, Brown is a competitor and wants to get the ball more. I didn't see anything particularly wrong with it. It's football. Guys, guys will have those conversations, and you couldn't do that at a work environment that is not – the NFL or <laughs> Major League Baseball or, you know, NBA, but it, this is their work and this is how they communicate. Exactly. And as long as you leave it on the sideline, as long as you aren't Terrell Owens taking it into the locker room where you're talking to the media, I'm fine with it too. Yeah. It, it's, it is just football. College football tomorrow, Missouri will host K-State 11 o'clock at Faroe Field. And I believe that game is sold out. I'm sure you can get tickets, but I believe that game is sold out, which is cool. And there are tickets available for Mizzou in Memphis a week from tomorrow at the Dome, so you want to check that out. That's going to be a fun time. Also tomorrow, St. Louis City SC is going to be at Houston. That's a 7.30 in the evening start. 
One other late game tomorrow has Colorado State at Colorado. And we've got a little kerfuffle between Deion Sanders, the head coach at Colorado, and Jay Norvell, the head coach at Colorado State, who said that his mom taught him to not talk to people while he's wearing a cap and sunglasses. And that was, I think, a shot across the bow at Deion Sanders, who now says, don't bring my mama into this. Guys, I think that this is smart in a lot of ways where, I, of course, like a shot at Coach Prime like that, you know what you're doing with that. But did you see the, his reaction afterwards where he was talking to the team? He was pumping him up with that. Mm-hmm. It's bulletin board material. And guess what? It's going to cause a lot of people to watch that game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't know why he, he speaking of Coach Norvell, felt the need to, to take a shot at Dion. Dion and, and Coach Norvell aren't playing. Coach Prime, Coach Norvell, they aren't, they aren't playing. Their teams are. So I don't know that one thing has anything to do with the other, but that was a decision that he made, and now we'll see how, uh, how the Buffaloes respond after mm-hmm. they feel like, you know, we find anything to feel like we're being attacked. And so mm-hmm. you, you you use those comments as fuel, and we'll see how the uh, Colorado Buffaloes come out on, on Saturday. Have you ever been in a football game where in the last five minutes of a one-score game, you're thinking, oh, man, that guy said something about our team nah. last week? No, no. <laughs> but you can create some 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 chatter in your own mind oh, yeah. and feel like, like somebody said something that they didn't say. I, that was Michael Jordan's career. Uh, you, you just do it. Yeah. Just go ahead. Yep. I, I think that that's, that's what I like about it. I Direct shots at coaches, yes, is a low <laughs> blow. But I think that it almost feels like it's purposeful. Did you guys see the lineup of all the, all the shows that are going to be out there for that game? You're going to have first take, apparently 60 minutes, the Pat, Pat McAfee show. I mean, there is a lot of shows that are going to be out there covering that game. It's going to be, uh, I mean, they got college game day going to And to, college game day, yes. Mm-hmm. It, they were one and eleven last year. <laughs> this is this is the third game of the year, and they have college game day showing up to yeah. their game. It, it's and and maybe the star power. It is. It and is. maybe that's what Coach Norvell was was understanding to. It might be a, a ploy. I don't know. He it might kind of felt like it. Trying to say something to get people riled up, to get people tuned in, and and if they do win, now you're looking at Colorado State and saying, "Whoa, whoa, mm-hmm. what is going on there?" So we'll see. Colorado State, I don't think is that. Good right now? No, they've had a rough go, and they haven't beaten uh, Colorado since 2014. Yeah, I think you might need to create some noise. Was that their one win last year? Colorado's? It might have been. (laughs) We're off and running here on 101 ESPN. The Lindenwood Lions will take on Western Illinois in Macomb tomorrow. We're going to talk to the head coach of the Lions, our buddy Jed Stugart, next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It is the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN and St. Louis's Division I football team. The Lindenwood Lions will travel to Macomb to take on Western Illinois tomorrow after a tough loss last week at SEMO. And joining us, as he does on Friday mornings during the season, is the Lindenwood head coach, Jed Stuger. Coach, thanks for joining us this morning. How are you doing? Good morning. Great being with you again. I don't want to have for you to uh, relive it too much, but what the heck happened at SEMO? I don't know what you're talking about. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to go, I coach. I, I think we're on to the next game, but yeah. uh, no, hey, a lot of absolutely, man. I've, I've got to live up to the to my language that I give my players, you know. But uh, no, to get where you're going, you got to know where you've been, right? So you know, I think a lot of things uh, that we learned about last week, you know, um, you know, 
about this year's team, and I think we uh, we learned a lot about that. But we also found out after watching the, the film, um, you know, it, it, it is a little bit encouraging. It can be a little frustrating when you turn on the film the next day and kind of realize, you know, just some of the plays that you left out there and, and just some of the little things. That's one of the pillars in our program, just the little things that could have really made a difference in that game. But, you know, um, you know what I liked about it is, you know, we've got, uh, you know, our, our starting quarterback from, you know, some receivers, a bunch of guys on defense that really played their first big big boy game on the, on, on Saturday night, you know, and, and uh, so grew up a lot. Um, but uh, first of all, just give credit to SEMO. Very good. You know, they are worthy of their, their top 15 uh, ranking because I think like uh, Coach Tukwitz down there said, you know, this is the, the most stacked team he's ever had since he's been there, and I believe it. So it was good for us to get, you know, especially against a team like that to kind of see where we're at and uh, – and our guys turned the page really quick, you know, going into this week. We had a great week of practice. Um, you know, we learned some things as a coaching staff, and it's our job to get them prepared. It's my job to get them prepared, and I feel like we, we bounced back and did that this week. Coach, you talk about having a short-term memory and, and not remembering what took place. How do you get your quarterback to have that short-term memory as well? Had three turnovers in the game on Saturday, and, and a young player still learning, uh, learning how to – process things at the collegiate level how do you keep him confident and get him to wipe the slate clean for uh, this weekend well you know I, I i reminded him of just all the great things that he's done you know, i think uh, there's a great bob Rotella book you know uh, golf's not a game of perfect and i've learned a lot of things out of that book having a competitive golfing son and and, and uh, there's a lot of things applied and that talks about you know golfers remembering they have a champ you know, they have a, a trophy room and to go back mentally and remember the the successes and remember the trophies and remember the, the success they've had. I think just reminding Cole this week, you know, kind of like, hey, you know, this isn't your first rodeo. That was your first start against the Division One team. I get it. But, you know, remember the great successes. Remember the great things you do in practice and how much this team believes in you. And, you know, I think he's done a great job bouncing back this week. I, you know, it's just a matter of just missing, you know, uh, there's about two or three big plays that, I mean, he just barely missed on Saturday that could have, could possibly could have changed some of that um, there in the first half, but you know he sees that now. And one thing about Cole, he's a quick study. Um, he's a he's a mentally tough kid, and he's turned the page. And you know he's just had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder this week, and that's kind of the the Cole that we're used to. So um, there's nothing Cole can do to lose my faith in him and what he can do for this team. So excited to see how he bounces back this week. Coach, I'm just curious. I heard you mention in one of your answers, you talked about the pillars of the program that you have established. If you don't mind sharing, what are some of the pillars that you have for your program and that you really hammer home with your guys? Well, there's four of them, Brooke. It's kind of, you know, number one, we do it by our four fingers that you hold up in the fourth quarter. And so that first finger is our direction, you know, where we're headed. And that's our job to lay out our direction. And then the, the, the biggest finger, the middle finger of your hand is the biggest one. That's the team. Uh, is always bigger than the individual. And then the fourth finger, which is the commitment, uh, the, is love. You know, love is a big thing we talk about on this football team. And then the little finger is the little things. And, you know, really that's our four pillars that we build around um, that we feel um, is, is, uh, will bring success to our program, not just in the uh, intermediate, but the, 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 uh, the temporal, but the, the, the long-term success of our program. Coach, you're going to travel to Macomb to take on Western Illinois. First time Lindenwood has ever played Western Illinois. What sort of challenges do the Leathernecks present for you guys? Well, they're in a little bit of the same boat we are. You know, a new coaching staff. They've got they brought in a bunch of new uh, transfer uh, guys, and, and they're zero and two right now. Um, you know, they I think they're trying to obviously 
probably in a similar position as we are this week. So, um, you know, what right now is the team that's trying to find their identity. I think we're trying to find ours. Um, and there's a lot of similarities. I think, uh, you know, I think we're, you know, obviously from an offensive standpoint, we're trying to find out, you know, is their identity to run the ball, to throw the ball? You know, they've got a, they've got a, a quarterback that uh, hasn't been there very long, but he can make plays. They've got some playmakers on offense and, and the receiving core. And, uh, you know, defensively, they, they move around a lot. They're an odd front that likes to, to move. Um, and, you know, sometimes in defenses that move a lot, there's some opportunities there uh, to run the football and, and guys getting out of lanes. And, you know, one thing about it is last week we averaged five yards a carry against a really good SEMO defense. And, again, that's the thing that we have to go back to and realize, man, we did a lot of good things that game. We just got to put it all together. So, um, you know, I feel like this is a team we match up well with. And, uh, you know, we're both going to be hungry for, you know, our first uh, FCS win. The St. Louis Rams used to train at Western Illinois in Macomb, so I'm well aware of the drive. I know you and your staff are going to be preparing for the game. Get your players to not forget to bring podcasts or books or homework or something because there's not much to see on that trip, Coach. Uh, no, in fact, yeah, my grandpa was born there, and they moved out of there, so I know exactly what the – back to Colorado. So, I mean, it's uh, – no, I get you. Um, but, uh, yeah, we'll be prepared for a little bit of – Downtime, no doubt, Randy. All right. Coach, good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Good luck tomorrow, and we'll talk next week. Thanks, guys. Great being on with you. See you later. That's Jed Stugart, the head coach of the Lindenwood Lions. I, I like the four pillars thing mm-hmm. and how it the little finger. That was yeah. brilliant. I, I love I like that. The ring finger, the commitment. <laughs> yep. That was like beautiful. That. That, is, that is better than... Okay, hold on. Are you going well, to bring out your four pillars? I was waiting. I thought you were going to bring that up to him and okay. see what he thought of your four pillars so, that you have for the show. Maybe Matthew can help me. I fortunately repressed this. Faith, character, oh, uh, Faith, character, team first. Core values. And core values. Faith, character, team first, four values. Who is that? Oh, and taking down pictures of the greatest show on turf. Steve Spagnuolo's four That's pillars. That's what he's most remembered for in St. Louis. That's why. Uh, what about uh, not taking Justin, giving Justin King some help against Torrey Smith after Torrey Smith had torched him twice in the first quarter and then the third time in the first quarter, another 50-plus yard touchdown. And he comes on. So Spags, and I love Spags. And then it, Spags was allowing his coordinators to coordinate, even though he was kind of a micromanager. But he comes on with us every Monday, and <laughs> the Ravens had just blitzed the Rams, and Torrey Smith just torches Justin King three times in the first quarter, all for 50-plus yards, I think. And I, I came on and said, Coach, what about the concept of giving Justin King some help on Torrey Smith? He said, well, we thought he could handle him one-on-one. No, he couldn't. When did you realize? I, yeah. Listen, Randy, I, I, I snapped on a coach at halftime because of that reason. Yeah, we were playing to Smith. They had a really good player who ended up going to Notre Dame. I can't remember his name, but either way. We were running man coverage. I said, hey, 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 at what point do you think we should put somebody else on him or give him a little help? And I'm just saying, maybe we shouldn't run that defense anymore. I, I think, as the head coach, we aren't going to run that defense anymore. Yeah. So, and the amazing thing is, as a coordinator, there's probably nobody better in football that makes better adjustments than Spags does as a, as a defensive coordinator. That team is 
and invariably, they're better defensively in the second half than they are in the first all the time. Yeah. If you are playing a lot of man and not getting to the quarterback, you're going to have a long day as a DB. Yes, you are. <laughs> Randy, the, one, the one that always got me, too, I think it was the Eagles. Like, they broke off, like, an 80-yard run. And in the postgame conference, Spags just like, when you you got to watch Quentin Mike. you got to watch the effort from our defensive backs trying to stop that run. And it's like, no one cares that your safeties are running hard chasing a guy for 40 yards. Yeah. There were a lot of run gap issues with that defense. (laughs) And Ben Lieber, who was here for one season, said, I had no idea what the hell was going on. It was a very complicated (laughs) defense, but I had no idea what was going on. The defensive players don't know what's going on. That's a problem. And they're they're learning it in crayon. That's why. That's why the defensive playbook is in crayon. Next up, Jay Delsing talking some golf, some Ryder Cup here on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new big green egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Carrie, Randy, the opening drive on 101 ESPN, and our friend Jay Delsing joins us every Friday. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How about you? Everything's good. I, I want to go back to last weekend, and I had a chance to come out and see you on Saturday and Sunday, and I, I was just so happy that you were happy, not with your performance, but just appreciating where you were and being aware of your surroundings back on your, your childhood home turf and being able to play golf in an environment like the Ascension Charity Classic. Yeah, it was a special week, and when you play like I did on uh, on Sunday, it makes you think about other things other than your performance. Um, and you, and but but quite honestly, it was just a great week. It was I had my four daughters in town, and I, I had a lot of family there, and uh, just being able to experience you know all of the St. Louis community and all of the hard work that we put in for the full year. Uh, the weather was great. I, I had so many of the of the players and, and amateurs tell me, you know, that the staff had just done a great job. The food, the golf course, just everything was just really, really great. It, it was a special week. Okay, Jay, I, I have. I just talked to Jed Stewart about a forty-five-seven loss by Lindenwood last week. I have to ask you what happened early on on Sunday. I lost. Well, I did a couple things at Norwood. 
I, I'm breaking all sorts of personal records in the wrong direction here when I play, I can tell you. But I um, I wound up losing. I lost two golf balls at Norwood. I mean, guys, I'm a ball hawker, and I don't lose golf balls. I lost two golf balls, um, one on Sunday just kind of in plain sight on the second hole. And, um, man, it, it went. So I wound up making an eight. On, um, we used to call eight snowmen, mm-hmm. but now we have different names for those. I'll, I'll leave that off the air now. I'll tell you <laughs> a different time. But uh, it, it's much more graphic, and, and, and it makes you feel a little worse once you say it. But anyway, I, I just um, I got off to a horrible start on Sunday. I bogeyed the first hole. I made an eight on the second hole and bogeyed the third hole, and I was five over par after three holes. And it was just like you know, come on. I, I just tried to dig deep and try to figure out some positive thing to, to do and, and, and played the next, I don't know, seven, eight, nine holes really, really well. Didn't make any birdies, but was, was really close. And then that next bogey just kind of broke my back. So I just tried to not hit anybody on the way in and try to just get this thing in and, and, uh, and, and think about some of the other positive things we did. But my performance was, I played really well on Friday. I, I, I could have shot probably 31 or two my first nine holes. I, I lift out a lot of putts that I hit really well. and uh, But shot 69 the first day. So, you know, that was a real positive start. And I also had two four putts on uh, Saturday, which is something, Randy, that I've never done. I don't know if I've ever done. I don't think I've ever done that in my career either. So wow. we're writing all sorts of new <laughs> annals in the Delsing record books. and All on the back pages, though, guys. They're not going on the cover. They're going in the back where nobody wants to read about them. Well, Jay, just one more thing about the Ascension Charity Classic. I was able to go this past weekend, too, and just enjoy walking around and talking to people and seeing all the fans that came out. What did you hear from the other golfers that were out there about their experience and what it was like interacting with everybody? Well, one of the things that we do at the Ascension Charity Classic, guys, and Brooke, you probably saw this, is there's so much uh, for the for the spectators to do. There's there's Club 314. There's all of the hospitality. And so from a player standpoint, you just love playing in an environment like that. I mean, one of the things that sucks about playing the Champions Tour is that for the most part, like there, there are two falls starting this morning, and I can promise you that there's probably – two or three skybox cabana type things on the entire golf course. We had like a, we had over a hundred and our entire back nine, as you saw, 13 was surrounded, 14 was surrounded, uh, 16, 17 and 18. So our entire back nine is, has a lot of really cool environments. Um, and, and as a player, when you, you know, you're standing out in the fairway and you see all these people standing around like Brooke, the, I don't know if you got to go to the 17th green, but it creates a, a natural amphitheater, and it's, mm-hmm. it resembles the 16th at Phoenix a little bit because it's almost three levels, and there's all this really cool um, um, entertainment going on there and, and hospitality and food. And, and you know, the other thing you got to remember is if you go by there late in the afternoon, people are having a lot of fun. That, that catches up with them a little bit. And um, so there's a lot of fun comments that kind of come out as you're walking off the green and into the next tee. So, so um, I, I think the biggest takeaway is, is just all of the, the, the corporate citizens in St. Louis that support the event so well. It really makes it fun as a player. I mean, I had probably 15 players say to me, 
this is like a regular PGA Tour event with all of the all of the uh, hospitality and and the people showing up. And then our Saturday, Ron K with Stiefel just knocked it out of the park at the um, Celebrity Challenge. He played his butt off, and um, and um, it, it, we I think we had I think we had over fifteen thousand people just watching. You know Chris Pronger and Robert Thomas and and Chief and and Hale Irwin and Ozzy and 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 that group. So um, our crowds were spectacular. Jay Dustin Johnson reported that he wasn't selected for the Ryder Cup because he defected to live. A is he right? Is he tr- is he telling the truth? And B do we care? <laughs> That's great, Kerry. I, I Kerry, I love your questions, man. But you asked me that you asked me that question about that bear. You know, the, I, I was like, man, I got, I love this guy. I, I love this thing. I, you know what? No, we don't care. Uh, if he would have played better, he'd have made it on the team. I read similar articles where he said, you know, if I was on the PGA Tour, I would have made that team. And I'm like, eh, I don't think you would have. You you had you finished tenth in the U.S. Open, was your best showing in a major, and you wouldn't have won on the PGA Tour had you played like you did on Lyft. So I don't know where he's coming from. I got to tell you, though, he was 5-0 and at Whistling Straits. There's only three other men in the history of the Ryder Cup that have ever done that. One of those was Arnold Palmer. And, and that performance was epic. And so that's a lot of people are talking about that. But I don't think he, I don't think he deserved it at all. I don't think he played well enough um, uh, to get on there. And defecting from Liv, I mean – he knew what he was getting into when he left. I mean, that was one of the big things that was in jeopardy is, is this dude going to be able to play on the Ryder Cup? Because at the time, we didn't realize that there was a loophole in the rules with the PGA of America and that, you know, they were even, they'd even be able to be considered this year. Jay, on uh, on Wednesday, the U.S. Senate Subcommittee on Investigations brought more people from Liv and uh, the PGA into uh, their realm in Washington, D.C., and Richard Blumenthal, the uh, chairman of that committee, asked for documents related to PIFs, the Private Investments Fund's takeover of American golf. Do you think that the, the PIF takeover of uh, the PGA Tour is in jeopardy? Man, Randy, I'm reading all the same stuff you are, and I'm calling people, and nobody seems to know. I mean, our our commissioner stands up, which, you know, he's never lied to us before, so we can believe everything he says. <laughs> he said that, um, you know, this thing is right where we need it to be, and, and I, I, I don't know I, I don't know what, what world we're in with all of this, you know, because what, what, is, what are our sponsors doing? Like, take, for example, FedEx. They've been a... a like a pillar sponsor for us for over 25 years. As long as I've ever, as long as I've been on the PJ tour, FedEx has been involved. And with the PIF, does that mean we don't need sponsors? Are we going to, you know, just tell our, our, our sponsors to, you know, pound salt and we don't need them anymore. I mean, there's so much unknown and I don't see any of it positive at this point. I mean, yeah, the, the PIF has ridiculous amounts of money, but, what if, like you said, what, having the government involved in anything is a nightmare. I mean, it is a nightmare. They, I mean, look at how well we run the post office. You know, they can't even get that done. How the hell are they going to get involved in business and try and, 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 and figure things out? I, I don't know where we're going with it. I keep reading everything and waiting for something to come out. But the deadline is uh, December 31st, so I guess we have more time to wait. But I don't know where we're going with that. Golf with Jay Delsing, Sunday morning, 8 to 10 here on 101 ESPN. Who do you have this week? 
Well, we got Nick Rigon. We did a little recap of the Ascension Charity Classic. And then we have my caddy, Pearlie, who I looked at him after that, that eight that I made a number two. And I said, how, how much heavier did this golf bag just get? <laughs> and he goes, I don't, I can't even describe it, but there's rocks in there somewhere and I can't find it. So we, um, we had a, a, a great time and he's got a, a really interesting perspective because you know, as coach just said before, you're, you're, everybody that plays golf needs like a part-time psychologist and, and somebody to talk you off the ledge, and, and Pearly does a great job of doing that. Looking forward to the show. Jay, as always, thanks for the time. Have a great weekend. You guys, too. Have a great show, guys. Thank you. Jay Delsing with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. Take it or leave it. It's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in test 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, and that is 314-399-9646. 314-399-Yo-ho. I keep hitting my, oh my water God. bottle. Did I gotta you just stop knock that. over your water? Twice. I've done it twice now. i got to stop that. <laughs> All right, kids, I don't know if you saw it, but Aaron Rodgers had his Achilles surgery yesterday, and there's a shot of him from his hospital bed saying, surgery went great. Thank you for all the love and prayers and support. Take it or leave it. The shot of Aaron Rodgers from a bed is much better and much more acceptable than the shot of Brett Favre from a bed when he went from the Packers to the Jets. <laughs> oh, no. I, I think Randy, that. I was so scared of where this is going. It somehow was worse it. than what I could have imagined. <laughs> <I think. laughs> Take it. So bad. Oh my god. Other than no. playing football, Brett Favre has uh, had some <laughs> doozies in his oh, yeah. career. He's, he's got a wild hair. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Quite a few. Well, I'm glad you brought up Aaron Rodgers because I was gonna talk about him as well. There is a thousands have signed up to experience magic mushrooms in Oregon. And you don't need a prescription. You just sign up on this list and you're, you're good to go. Take it or leave it. If we can't find Aaron Rodgers, we know where he is. <laughs> totally oh, take it. Yeah. I'm going to take that. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that person that had, I don't know who it was, that had this, some take that I saw on social media that was blowing up that he said that it was because Aaron Rodgers got hurt because of his ayahuasca trips or something oh, like that, on. and that he's not close to God. I don't know. It was like it was like a whole spiel that like went viral, and people were like, "I think it doesn't have maybe something to do with that." I don't know. I would I would think that ayahuasca maybe would help you forget bring about you that. Closer. Or, or, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Breathe. Bring you closer. The mushrooms thing. So, do you think that Aaron Rodgers has caused people to maybe experiment a little bit more? Yes. Um, If I can perform like that on the football field, sure, I'm going to try a mushroom. Why not? Which I really enjoy in a salad, by the way. You guys like? I uh, I think those are different. Different different mushrooms. Oh, okay. You guys are are missing the potential here. This is going to be. This is like Ray Lewis all over again. Mushroom spray. Right on the Achilles, and all of a sudden he's back by like week thirteen. I don't think I don't think Ray uh, did the Achilles. I I think it was right in the chest. (laughs) (laughs) 
Deer antler spray on the bicep, no. Randy. Somebody that's just a, sit in that, a dude that, to clap. That's <laughs> just that's a whoa. Those are those are bad. Take it or leave it, guys. We were talking about the Colorado Colorado State game. Take it or leave it. It will be the most watched college football game this weekend. A hundred percent take. A hundred percent. Even though it's a nine o'clock start tomorrow, bro. And I know that there's other teams playing like i don't know texas tennessee florida i think tennessee and florida are playing against each other there's there seems to be just a lot of people intrigued to see what Dion does and even though colorado state i, I looked up to see how they did in their last game uh they were blown out 50 to 24 but now that you have norvell kind of buying into hyping up this game a little bit more and there's going to be all these shows going out there we talked about it earlier first take the pat mcafee show you have college game day I think it might be. Yeah, this, this this list of teams, it's not a lot of great games going on this weekend. No, that's, I think that's the most it, compelling game there it is. It probably is. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how this Penn State-Illinois game is going to fare. Mm. Penn State is favored by 14 and a half. <laughs> uh, what a weird time to be in. Uh, Matthew, what do you got on the old text line there? Take it or leave it. Mizzou and Illinois cover this weekend, but lose. By the way, the lines right now on ESPN are minus four for Mizzou against Kansas State and minus 14 and a half for Illinois against Penn State. Minus and a half is a lot. I might, uh, what time is it? Do I have time to get across the. Shane <laughs> <laughs> Penn State's is not it, as good as Kansas. <laughs> I'm, saying, I'm saying that we could should be able to cover. I would like to, like to see that happen. And Mizzou and. Four and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, rather than uh, take it or leave it. I'm going to go to the expert Scott Van Pelt of ESPN. What do you think about Illinois, Scott? Penn State, awfully good, Maddie. I'm not saying they're going to lose, so relax. Illinois just got spanked on the road. You got a road conference opener giving more than two touchdowns for the Nittany Lions. A lot to ask. We'll take the points in Illinois in the Champagne Room. All right. There you go. <laughs> what about M I Z Z O U against K State tomorrow? Took my lumps going against Kansas State last week. They make it. Painful, man. It's a really, really good football team. Missouri, I believe, can offer enough opposition that three and a half we're going to take. Ooh, so he was go. dealing with a half point uh, less than what yeah. is right now on ESPN. So if he's saying three and a half take, if you can get it at four, four and a half, yeah. it seems like it's a pretty good guarantee. So he's got both Mizzou and Illinois to lose but cover. Until it's not. That's the part wow. about betting. Yeah, Heather Dinich of ESPN.com, by the way, picked Mizzou to win outright against uh, K-State tomorrow. No. Yeah, I'll believe when I see it. Um, take it or leave it. Helsley saves 40 <laughs> next year. You're leave on it. fire today, aren't you? <laughs> what? You said what? Sorry, what was the Helsley? But yes, it Helsley is saves funny. 40. Take it or leave it. Ryan Helsley pitches in 40 games next year. Oh. oh. I'll take that. Mm, for the Cardinals? Because there's 160, Randy. You, you only have to pitch him once every four days. Or four every four games. In 40 games. Yeah. What has he done this season? You said 40 saves season? next year? That was the take it or leave, leave it. Oh, 40 saves? Yeah, I'm going to leave it. I thought you said games. I changed it to 40 games. Oh, saves. 40 saves? No. 40 games? Uh... Yes, I don't know. The The arm thing is still kind of concerning me a little bit, even though he did pick up his 10th save the other day. Um, I don't know. The arm thing is kind of freaking me out, okay, not knowing more. exactly what that is. Yeah. Take it or leave it. Ryan Helsley pitches one game for the Cardinals in 2024. I think Ooh. he'll pitch more than one game, okay. so I'm going to have to leave it. You know what? I got another one for you, Randy. I think you get moved. Take, it, get or, moved. take it or leave it. The 2024 Cardinals save leader is not currently on the roster. I'll take that. Or in, the or, or in the organization. In the organization oh, I'll, I'll, either? I'll, I'll, I'll leave that. Okay. I'm, I'm looking at this 
40 game number that you gave Randy. Hmm? He's at 28 right now. Been hurt for three months, basically. Pitched. He was 54 last year. Yeah. It's a good number. I think it really is. If you give me 43, I'll say under. Okay. 43. 43. 43. Okay. I'll take the under there, too. Who's their closer in the org- from the organization next year? Wilking Rodriguez? Tink Hens. Tink. 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 Okay. Oh, he's the closer next year. Wow. Yep. Leads this, or leads the team and closes. Uh, yep. Saved. That's pretty. Okay. I like it. Take it or leave it. By season's end, Brett Bielema will be on the hot seat. <laughs> I'm going to sit back. <laughs> I'll take it. I'm going to enjoy this one. I want to hear this one before I make my answer. Well. CD, you have the floor in your <laughs> Illinois sweatshirt, by the way. I do have my Illinois sweatshirt on, even though they can't see it today on the YouTube. Um. I will say, I think I'll leave it, but because they had a really good season last year. But I, I, I tried to explain to people that just because you had a good season last year, this is a completely different team. You lost a lot of the DB. You lost the entire secondary. Your best player on the field, which was Chase Brown, he's gone. All of those guys in the NFL. I don't think he'll be on the hot seat, but... You got to win. You, it'll be the seat warmers on. Is yeah. that what you're yeah. saying? I'm, leave it. I'm, I'm, I'm totally leaving it with Josh Whitman. Look how long it took Lovey to get to the hot seat. That's and, true. And right. Bielma has had way more success than Lovey ever did with that year last year. So I'm going to I'm going to leave it completely. I'm going to say there's no way Bielma is on the hot seat after this season. I think that maybe one more season, and then like what you said, CD of it's going to get hotter. I you think know, the seat warmer yeah, can be right. on right now, and then it could get hotter. And Losing a KU is not a good look. No, it's not. But yeah. KU is better. Uh, and by the way, if you're going to lose a Chase Brown, and then your running backs coach, just hire a good running backs coach. Just saying. <laughs> just, just saying. <laughs> I mean, that helps. You know, <laughs> take it or leave it. The biggest swing and miss of Mo's tenure is not giving Corey Seager three hundred million, which is laughable now. One hundred percent leave. One hundred percent leave. Even the Cardinals will tell you that their biggest whiff was not signing Max Scherzer in twenty fifteen, and mm. the the uh, outlook for this franchise for those years. And by the way, I, I was fine with them not signing him at the time. So twenty twenty hindsight, but think of how different things would have been if they would have signed Max Scherzer, and Washington would have not had Max Scherzer in twenty nineteen, and the Cardinals would have had him in twenty fifteen when they won the hundred games, you know, and didn't have Wayno for most of that season. Twenty fifteen, real good chance to win. Matheny probably doesn't get fired. Uh, twenty sixteen. Uh, you have a much better chance. Seventeen, eighteen, when you don't make the playoffs. Uh, you probably do because every weekend, every last weekend of the season those years, you played with a chance to win. You probably, if you signed Scherzer after 2014 for the 2015 season, you probably would have never missed the playoffs as the Cardinals until this year. Between the time you signed him and now. I agree. I think Scherzer is something that they definitely, and they've mentioned it, as you said. Yeah. They've mentioned it was a huge loss of what could have potentially been there is it it's always interesting to look at some of those and just think of an alternate universe of what that would have looked like for the organization yeah i don't think the Corey seager thing even even then they were thinking about mason Wynn being up this year but then they'll be you know if you were talking about max scherzer they'll be like well he's hurt now so look who's yeah, did the right thing. <laughs> I, I, 15, 16, 17, 18, we 19, 20, 21, 22. Yeah. Yeah. He's hurt. He's out for the year and yeah. playoffs, maybe. Yeah. No, it, he would have been a good guy to have, I think. <sighs> Three Cy Youngs would be all right. I think so. Yeah. Two eyes, two different color eyes. Yeah. No, give that would have been guy. great. Yeah. Oh, and the, give that, me psycho, that, guy. that psycho attitude. Yep. Yeah. Give me him. Yeah. Yep.
Take it or leave it. Deion Sanders is the next head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Leave it. Leave oh, it. He's no, the next I head coach of the that. Dallas Cowboys. Ooh. Oh. No way <laughs> that Jerry Jones would do that. Uh, 100% way that Jerry Jones would do that. So you think he would? Yep. Oh, one of the but all-time. Will, but will Dion be able he to? He can't control Dion, though. And it... that's what I'm saying. No, is Jerry Jones going to be okay Dion. with that? I think you know. I think they get along well enough. Was it a pizza commercial? What do you want, Dion? 15, yeah. 20? Both. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dion got it. Yes. It was after he got in a $35 million signing yes. bonus. What do you want, Dion? 15 million? 20 million? Both. Yeah, <laughs> it was. In fairness, they, they did add this second part to the or take it or leave it. He goes to the Cardinals so he can draft Shadur as oh. his quarterback. Uh, leave it. Leave it. Yeah. yeah. Leave that. The timeline kind of matches story, up because Gannon would have uh, two years and then they'd cut the, cut the axe loose and then Shadur goes to the NFL after his senior year, maybe. Mm. Um, there are very few NFL owners that would hire Deion Sanders as their head coach. And one of those does not <laughs> reside in the Valley of the Sun. Mm. That's a really good point. Take it or leave it. Jordan Walker is the Cardinals' first baseman in two years. Leave it. Mm, I'm going to leave it. I think that they have him in the outfield for a reason, and they're going to keep him there. Lucan. It is, oh, oh. Lucan at first base for at the follow-up after that's Paul a, Goldschmidt's going to be Lucan Baker. I still like him. It's okay. I still like Lucan Baker. Hey, you, you know what? It's just like you were saying with the young pitchers and how you were wanting them to come up mm-hmm. with Gordon Graceffo and Michael McGreevy. I was wanting the same thing. I think that you should give the younger guys an opportunity mm-hmm. to come up here. That's what that was about. And it's been going okay. Yeah. I, I think that there's a much better chance of Wilson Contreras winding up at first base than Jordan Walker. I like that idea. Mm. Von Herrera is your everyday catcher. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then he can you still play some catcher. Find, at a, find a DH. Yeah. So I think that's the way it'll go. Thank you, Matthew. All right. We've got a busy, uh, busy uh, hour coming up. We're going to have our bird watch coming up. We've also got uh, Atia Ellison from uh, Mizzou and Mizzou getting ready to take on Memphis a week from tomorrow. And then uh, later on in the hour, we're going to talk to our buddy Chip. Chip Carey will join us here on 101 ESPN. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Time for our fresh take, which is our bird watch today here on 101 ESPN. We'll get things started with Brooke Grimsley. Well, mine is more of a nope, 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 nope. Ooh. Ooh, you know what that means. It's more of a bird dropping. 
And it's just for Dylan Carlson. You've seen him just really battling through injury, injuries this season. We touched it on a little bit yesterday, but I wanted to circle back with it. Dylan Carlson opted for season-ending ankle surgery. And this is after it didn't improve when he tried to return to baseball activities. It's interesting because if you remember back in May, he received a pain-killing injection to his ankle. So this is something that has been lingering with him for a while now. It's not seeming to improve. Maybe I do wish that he would have gotten that that ankle surgery a little bit sooner. You never know, though. I'm sure with a lot of guys, they think that they can come back. Where do you think that this puts Dylan Carlson in the Cardinals' plans for next season? If you were another team after he had ankle surgery, would you trade for him? No. I, I think he's got to be in the Cardinal plans battling for a spot because I don't think he's a tradable commodity at this point. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I think just the inability to stay healthy. I mean, we. this is not just this year. Last year as well, he had the hand injury or thumb, right, mm-hmm. where he wasn't able to grip a bat and, and swing. So it's two years in a row where you're not having able, where you're not able to play enough games and get enough at-bats and really show your worth. And if you're not on the field, then what? What? how can you help the team? And that's the whole reason the season that we saw infielders in the outfield, right? Well, you had everything that was going on the outfield, pro- possibly probably too many guys competing for those roles. That didn't plan out or pan out. But then you also had all those injuries. You had Tyler O'Neill out. You had Dylan Carlson out. And it put the Cardinals and Ollie Marmol in a very weird situation where you had infielders in the outfield. But also it worked out with Tommy Edmond. But I do think Dylan Carlson brings a lot defensively. It just seemed like even with the injuries or without him when he came back offensively he never really got back to what you expected out of him did you ever uh, did you have you ever sensed and this is not a shot I, I don't know maybe he's just really really smooth but have you ever sensed that Dylan Carlson plays with a great sense of urgency I, he's if you he now you you've smooth. talked to him in person, right? Yeah. He is like a very like in Low the key. nicest way possible, kind of robotic in a lot of ways, which I think helps. It, he reminds me a lot of Paul Goldschmidt personality-wise. I think that's very stoic, a very valid comp. Yeah, and he's super nice. It's just that I think that he's very even keeled. And I think sometimes we we expect players to be like Harrison Bader, and yeah. some players are just smoother. Yeah, uh, Harrison Bader is more spectacular. And I just I can't get a grip on whether or not Carlson really if he's a product of because his dad's a coach and he had to compete when he was a young player. I don't know if he's a product of showcases and individual training or if that's just who he is. I still think he has a ton of talent and I would still give him an opportunity if I were the Cardinals. I I don't know, Randy. This could lead into your bird dropping. Yeah, I I would. Uh, mine, staying on the injury list, uh, Nolan Gorman. This is the third time he has been out with an injury this season. On July 30th, he was scratched from a game because of back tightness. August 17th, he was put on the IL because of back soreness. And oh, recently, did he have that? Eh, about a week back. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Can we, okay, leave that behind going to next season. Come on, all these back injuries have to go away. What is happening? September 13th, he was placed on the IL with hamstring injuries. And so, like I said, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one on the radio or TV. But anytime you have sore back, back soreness, back stiffness, back tightness, all of those things are tied together, the hamstrings. And for me, that's a bit concerning. I, I, I said it earlier. I said in the last couple of days, the fact that he is 
had back issues. I don't know if it's from overswinging. I don't know if it's from overtraining, overuse. Whatever the cause is, it's impacting and affecting other things. And when you're looking at this Cardinals team for 2024, he is a vital piece, whether it's in the lineup or via trade. I, he, he is a crucial component for this team to have success in 2024, but he has to stay healthy. And the more times you're on the IL, the more times you have to be scratched from games and miss games and miss time, that lowers your value because other teams are watching and paying attention as, as well and wonder, well, what, what, what actually is going on over there? What are you doing or what are you not doing to be able to stay on the field? And Nolan Gorman is so talented. 27 home runs this season. I think like an 806 OPS. It's the injuries that are plaguing him. And you mentioned the swing. I do think it has a lot to do with his swing when you're talking about the back injuries and the hamstring issues that he's dealing with right now. And they don't know if he's going to return by the end of the season. If I was him and if I was the Cardinals, I wouldn't push it because you need to see what possibly if he factors into your offseason plans with a trade or even going to next season, you want him healthy because of that, because of what he's able to provide to this offense, that power that he brings, that's hard to replace. It's just the concern, and you mentioned there, Carrie, is how many times have we seen, we just talked about Dylan Carlson, Tyler O'Neill, that they put a lot into players who have this injury history to get to the point of where you're looking at Dylan Carlson now and you're like, what value do I get out of that in a possible trade if you needed to trade them? And I, I would question, and I think the Cardinals have to ask this question of themselves. I look at Atlanta and their guys, I don't see a ton of hamstrings and backs and stuff like that. I, I wonder why card the Cardinals seem to acquire players that have these issues. That is a good question. Is that more on the trainers, you guys think? Or what do you know. think that that is? I don't know. Or the program, maybe, that they want them to do? I think it's all tied together. I think when you have this many injuries to back, lat, you know, soft tissue issues, it, you have to look at how you're training, what you're doing in training, you know, the the, the amount. Because who was it that hurt their back doing deadlifts? Was it, it was Steven Matthew Matt? Libertor. Matthew Libertor yeah. hurt yeah. his back doing doing deadlifts. That That's... You're either got, you either got too much weight on or you're not doing it properly uh, and you're not warmed up. It's one of those three things. And so you have to look at the, the strength and conditioning staff. You have to look at the, the medical staff and try to figure out what is causing all of these injuries. Because it's one thing you're out because you got hit by a pitch and you got a, a bone fracture. That, that, that's, yeah, like that's, Wilson. Like that, you, that happens. It happens. Yeah. You know, but when you have guys getting hurt off of the field, in training, uh, you know, working out, whatever the case may be, that to me becomes concerning. You try to figure out, you have to figure out what is causing these issues. I mentioned Atlanta. They have played 146 games. Matt Olson and Ronald Acuna have both played 146. Austin Riley's played 144. Ozzie Albies has played 132 of 146. Marcelo Zuna's played 129 of 146. Rosario, 128. Arcia, 125. Michael Harris, the second, 123. Sean Murphy, 100. And they have another really good catcher that they also signed to another big contract in. Uh, Travis Darno, who has 64 games this year. So for whatever reason, a team like Atlanta, maybe it's just luck that has allowed them to stay healthy. I don't know. Sometimes things are not a coincidence, right? Like if there's too many of the same thing happening over and over again, then I don't know if it's good luck, bad luck. It's like the Cardinal season. Remember when we were still deciphering early on if this is just bad luck? It wasn't bad luck. Well, there was just a lot of... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, we're just hitting a string of bad luck here. No. Oh, nope. Uh-oh. <laughs> there's more to this. Yeah. Guys, our friend Adam Wainwright, and we, we have Wayno on the air every Wednesday 
Wednesdays with Wayno. And in my time as a Cardinal fan, which stretches back for half a century now, which is too long, probably. But he's been one of the most impactful Cardinals. He's been as good for, as any Cardinal for our community. I, I would say that at the very worst, he's, as Tony LaRusse would say, tied for first. And he has been magnificent on the field. A couple of five top five Cy Young seasons. He has been a part of three World Champion or three World Series teams and a couple of World Championship teams. And fittingly, the Cardinals are going to honor Wayno next week. Uh, a couple of weeks from tonight, September 29th, a Friday night, they're going to have a stadium tour, a Wayno version, and you're going to be able to get a forever in the Wayno era t-shirt with a Cardinals theme ticket. Go to cardinals.com slash Wayno. On Saturday, September 30th, Wayno is going to have a concert after the game uh, with the same group that he had on opening day for his national anthem. And then on Sunday, the team's going to host host a special on-field pregame ceremony honoring Adam and featuring his former teammates. Very few Cardinals are more deserving than a weekend like that than Adam Wainwright is. And the Cardinals over the years have honored Bob Gibson and Lou Brock and Ozzie Smith and Albert Pujols and Yadier Molina. And I'm glad that Wayno is getting that treatment as well and that he's going out on his terms. I agree. I like that. I know that a lot of people will say and have said on social media he should have gone out last year well, with and Yachty they, they and need, Albert. They, they need to look up they, they need to look in the mirror and say I need to be a nicer person. I think that might be a little tough for them because mm. you have to if you're in if you're in that state of just hate, then mm-hmm. typically you are in that victim mentality and you just think that everybody is in that same way you project your thoughts onto stuff. Maybe just go outside. Go look at the sunshine. Yeah. Be happy a little bit. Find joy in the little things. Remember? Choose <laughs> yes. happiness. Right. There we go. Good luck with that. Yeah. And, <laughs> hey, if, if, How about if, that? If you want to be happy, if you want to choose happiness, then just pay attention to Adam Wainwright. That's all you need to do. Uh, so, yes. Like like people. Like people, people. Coming up next, Mizzou and Memphis a week from tomorrow at the Dome. We're going to talk to former Mizzou defensive lineman Atia Ellison, who, oh, by the way, played against Kerry Davis and the Illini in the Dome back in the early 2000s. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to feed the Tigers on the opening drive. This is the Morning Zoo on 101 ESPN. Brought to you by James Carlton of State Farm. Mention Mizzou to James when you request a quote, and he will donate $20 to Mizzou's preferred NIL on your behalf. CarltonInsurance.net. Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Mizzou will take on Kansas State tomorrow at 11 a.m. at Furrow Field. And then they are here in St. Louis at the Dome the following week to take on Memphis University. And joining us now is former Mizzou D lineman Atia Ellison, a St. Louisan, who had an opportunity to play against Kerry Davis in the Dome. Kerry just shook his head no. <laughs> Atia, we don't have to talk about that. That, that, that was a bad time for Ellison. We can skip past that. We can talk about Mizzou right now. How are they going to do uh, this weekend versus Kansas State? <laughs> Atia, do you want to talk about those games? How are you doing? I mean, you know how it goes, man. That's in the past. We're working on the future, so I agree with Kerry. There you go. We, we, Atia, we got the hell beat out of us in that series, and I was 
part of the first couple of games, and uh, there was a guy I, I don't remember. Brad, 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 oh, Brad Smith. Smith. He Brad was pretty. Smith. He he came. No one knew who this guy was. He, he came out of nowhere, and we we're like, oh, this, this guy's pretty damn good. Oh, this hey, is we knew who it was. We didn't, <laughs> and it showed. <laughs> I had to chase him around at practice. Oh, oh man, man. Hey, Atia. First of all, how you doing? What are you up to these days? Oh man, I'm living the dream back at the University of Missouri. Um, just trying to imbue some knowledge into these young men and help them with their with their needs off the field. And it's just a beautiful, a beautiful time in my life right now. My son's here with me. Um, it's just an awesome time right now. And you get uh, you get an opportunity to see your team in your hometown next week. How cool will that be? You played, as we mentioned, you played in those games against Illinois. It's been a long time since the Tigers have played here at the Dome. How cool is it? Oh man, it's going to be an awesome experience. Um, I'm sure it'll be nostalgic for me. Um, most of these guys weren't even alive <laughs> when that game when that game was played. But some of them, uh, some of those St. Louis guys, they they got o- older uncles and stuff, and guys I played with who went back to the city. And so um, those guys are are hitting me up because I work with the alumni as well for tickets and making sure they got everything squared away so they can get to the game. I tell you, we, we've talked about this offense. We've talked about the transition at uh, offensive coordinator Eli Drinkowitz. What do you see from this team, and what should be the the realistic expectations for this season for 2023? Um, we're just trying to be 1-0 and every week. Um, we're pushing the brotherhood um, and making sure everybody understands they got to do their job before the big picture can fit like it's supposed to. And what about the defense, though, improving? I feel like with under defensive coordinator Blake Baker, there's been major improvements since he's come along. What have you made of Mizzou's defense? Uh, They look really good. They're flying around the ball. Um, They're a solid unit. I think what's also going to help is that development of the young guys. Those guys are getting better uh, weekly as well. So the fall off between one and two or two and three aren't as large. Those guys are getting better weekly. I just want to ask you, too, with your job, you're helping develop and really also cultivate life skills with these young student athletes. What is the lesson that you've passed on to some of your student athletes that you learn from past coaches, including uh, Gary Pinkle? Um, so football is just a you know microcosm of life. And so like all those things that you learn during football, the things that you have to pull out in yourself to be successful, the hard work, the attention to detail, the being on time, the making sure your schedule, all those things will help you in your life going forward, uh, especially the time management and, and just being respectable and as a person of character in the community. All those things will, will help them in whatever uh, avenue they choose uh, going forward with their careers and families. Atia, we often say that kids these days are are different. You've coached high school football. You're you're assisting now with collegiate kids. What is the difference from when you or I were in high school to to what these kids have to face now? I feel like it's harder for them, if I'm being honest, because they have so many different distractions now. Like you got this phone in your pocket that's going to give you all these notifications, all these you know apps and 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 all these things, games and things that distract you. So. I think it's harder for them just the amount of information that's put on them and all the different ways that they can be distracted. Um, I, I, I believe, you know, that would have been harder for us to have a, a, a phone in our pocket that took pictures and videos and all this <laughs> stuff. So I, I, I feel for them.
Yeah, it's a lot safer that we didn't have those things that are at our uh, <laughs> available to us at all times. For sure, for sure. <laughs> so, so when you're talking to these young men, is it is it are, are they do they listen or are they are they just you know well okay, coach, we got you, yeah, we get it, we get it. Are they really taking in what you're saying and, and processing how to become better men for their future? I think they're doing as well as they can, as you you know hit on. We. You know, we were somebody else's teenagers that were hard to talk to and hard to get points to. They just don't have the same amount of life experience. So you can tell them all day, you know, this, that, and the other. They'll pick it up. The beauty is it might be 10 years down the line before you know if you made a difference when they're out here in the community and their football lives are done. That's when you'll see um, if they're leaning back on those values that were being taught by Coach Drinkwitz and staff. Mizzou and Memphis, 6.30 on September 23rd at the Dome. You can get tickets at Ticketmaster. For more information, you can go to MizzouToTheLou.com. And tickets are as low as 20 bucks, so it'll be great to watch Mizzou play here. And by the way, Atia, pretty cool that you guys have 21 St. Louis area players. That's like 20% of the Mizzou roster that is from St. Louis. That's a pretty substantial impact that our area right here is making. Yeah, that's that's an awesome thing to see. Um, obviously, you want to get the best kids in your state, and that's you know, you start doing that, you'll be successful. And uh, as far as you're concerned, you were at Mizzou when it was D-line Zoo. How how <laughs> realistic is it to think that we could get back to there, where, where we we have first and second round draft choices from the defensive line on a regular basis? So um, there are a lot of kids uh, out of the St. Louis area who. I think they're going to be starting to come back home again. Um, not like not that we're at a short, as you said, we got 20 plus kids on the team now. So it's just um, getting those right big D linemen to to stick around and stay home. All right, Atia, thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. We will see you here in St. Louis next week. Looking forward to it. And M I Z. Z-O-U. All right, take care. That is Atia Ellison, former Mizzou defensive lineman, now working with the program. By the way, they're going to have a huge party at Ballpark Village the Friday night before Mizzou plays Memphis, and uh, th- there's going to be great tailgating the day of the game, and it's a 6.30 start. That'll be fun. game will be televised on ESPNU, but again, you can get tickets for as little as 20 bucks by going to Ticketmaster for Mizzou and Memphis at the Dome. Should be a great scene. I'm excited about the Mizzou-Illinois rivalry starting back up. Mm, I think yes. that's going to be fun. And we'll get some of those at the yeah. Dome. Yeah, I'm excited about that. That That'd was, uh, even though it didn't go well for us, it was, I think it did. I think it re- went really well for the city. But the games were competitive. It wasn't <sighs> like they were all blowouts. There were some competitive I don't games. remember. Uh, I, I, I don't. You just remember having 10 catches. I, mean, I, I, <laughs> I looked it up. I had 10 catches for 66 yards. I was, I was doing okay. okay. I did okay. Yeah, you were fine. I did all right. You were the reason that the Illini lost. Yeah, I, I, I caught passes. I don't know yeah. what else was going on. I think on. Brad Smith was the reason the Illini he lost. He was. He came, He literally came. And we, I didn't know who he was. I was like, who the <laughs> hell is this kid? He, he, get him on the ground. What are you doing? What's going on? Uh, Couldn't get him on the ground. <laughs> So then, like, you know, 10 years later, you're like, okay, Juice Williams, new new era. We're going to get these guys. And then immediately, Sean Weatherspoon. Yeah. 60 happen. yards the other way. Didn't happen. Yep. Okay. And uh, next week, by the way, we're going to try to get uh, Isaac Bruce and Mike Jones together to make a little bet on the game. Isaac, of course, mm. of course, a product of Memphis, and mm-hmm. Mike Jones, a product of Missouri. So those two Super Bowl heroes for the St. Louis Rams, hopefully will uh, join us next week, Wednesday I, or Thursday. I saw Mike last night. He looked Fabulous. He always looks great. He, he's he? well rested. He's not. You know, he's not coaching high school. Yeah, I know. Anymore. So he's, he's got well to be rested. better rested. Oh, than he yeah. Was. <laughs>
Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Mike. Yeah. He's a good dude. <laughs> Coming up, yeah, we've got the fight on 101 ESPN. Oh, and we need a fighter. So you need to text in 314-399-9646. 314-399-YOHO. Your name and the word fight if you would like to participate in the fight next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight in the red corner, average Joe listener, and in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive, please welcome Randy Carricker. To the opening drive, I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight, and our fighter today is TJ. TJ, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Doing well. Are you ready to take on Randy Carricker? Uh, I'm going to do my best. So here's the thing, TJ. If you win today, then you would have me on Monday and potentially on <laughs> Tuesday, which could put you okay. in the Hall of Fame, because Randy's out Monday and Tuesday, so therefore... Today is a big day for you. I'm not saying you're going to beat me, but I'm just saying today is a big day for you. There's potential. Okay. <laughs> All right, here we go. Who is the only quarterback in NFL history to tally 13 300-yard games in one season, in one season, pulling off the feet in 2011? Is it Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, or Matthew Stafford? I want to say Drew Brees. I'm going to go with Drew Brees. All right. Who is the NFL's only five-time season leader for touchdown passes? Is it Johnny Unitas, Dan Marino, or Tom Brady? I'm going to go between Brady and Marino. I'm going to go Brady. Justin Jefferson became the quickest player in NFL history to pass the 5,000-yard receiving mark. <laughs> which which NFC franchise would Justin Jefferson rank the all-time career leader in receiving yards for? Is it the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Chicago Bears, or Jacksonville Jaguars? Let's see. I don't think it's the Bucs because I'm pretty sure Mike Evans has more than that. Um and there was Jaguars, and what was the other one? Chicago Bears. I'm going to go Bears. All right, final question. Who is the winningest program in college football history by total wins? Is it Michigan, Alabama, or Yale? Hmm. I would have never guessed Yale if it wasn't in the options, but that makes me think it could be Yale. <laughs> I'll go Yale. <laughs> All right, we're going to double-check so, the score and bring in Randy Carricker. He's so proud of himself. <laughs> Rock is amazing. Rock uh, CJ, how you moments. feel? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> were, you, were you looking for any particular what, – what sport is in your wheelhouse? You had a lot of Baseball, – Baseball is definitely the one that I'm, I'm more of a rain fan on. You, but... didn't, you didn't get any of that today. <laughs> Thanks, Rock. <laughs> Randy, say hello to TJ. TJ, good morning. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We do appreciate it. Absolutely. All right, Randy, here we go. All right. Who's the only quarterback in NFL history to tally 13 300-yard games in one season, pulling off the feet in 2011? 
Well, Drew Brees has all those 5,000-yard seasons, which would make him the logical choice. So I will go with Drew Brees, who, by the way, surprisingly, blows everybody away in the number of 5,000-yard seasons that he's had. I will go with Drew Brees. All right. Hmm? Who is the NFL's only five-time season leader for touchdown passes? Who is the NFL's only quarterback who, for many years, knew what was coming from the defense? (laughs) I'm going to go with Tom Brady for that one. (laughs) You went very much Jeopardy on that one. (laughs) (laughs) Justin Jefferson. Mm -hmm. JJ. (laughs) I was on NyQuil last night. CD, tell us why you're laughing. Jordan Jefferson. Jordan Jefferson. Mm -hmm. Mr. Jefferson. Justin Jefferson became the quickest We're player. In, on up, <laughs> there you go. He became the quickest player in NFL history to pass the 5,000-yard receiving mark. Which NFC franchise would, Jeff, would Jefferson rank as the all-time leader in career receiving yards for? With more than 5,000? Yes. Career receiving yards. Uh, well, this has to be a limited number. I'm going to go Chicago Bears. All right, final question. Who is the winningest program in college football history by total wins? Okay, you've got Alabama, you've got Notre Dame, you've got USC. Hmm. Alabama was not great until Bear Bryant got there, but they've had a pretty good run for about 60 years. Of the 100 years of college football. Notre Dame has been good for most of that time, but they have not had a great last 20 years. With more games now than were played, because teams used to play only eight or nine games, when Notre Dame was at their pinnacle. Uh, and, and USC, been good for a long time. But I am going to go with the last... 17, 18, 19 years of Alabama football. And I'm going to go roll tide. And that means we're going to go to a tiebreaker as we have a 3-3 tie in today's fight. So let's go through the answers, uh, the protocol here for the tiebreakers. I will read out the question. We'll give Randy a moment to write down his answer. And as soon as Randy has written down his answer and confirmed, we will then get the audible answer from TJ. And whoever is closest to the pin is going to be the winner of today's fight. TJ, do you understand those rules? Yes. Randy, do you understand those rules? No. Okay, do you have pen and paper? (laughs) I do have pen and paper. We'll just ignore the rules. Okay. Um, Well, uh, by the way, the answer number four is Michigan. How many wins does Michigan football have in its over 100 years of college football? How many wins does Michigan football have in its over 100 years of college football? Just a moment here, TJ. Randy Carriker is writing down his answer. I like how you can okay. hear the Sharpie against um, the paper. Oh, it's been my hold on, part. I'm going to change. I'm going to go. Ooh, it's ASMR. Uh, you know, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of hear it. All right, we have a guess from Randy Carricker. TJ, what is your guess? I have no idea, so I'm just going to take a stab at 101. How how much? 101. 101. Uh, That's what OJ said when he had this question. I'm going to take a stab at it. (laughs) Randy. (laughs) Indeed. We have a pretty sharp guy. No! 
In today's fight, despite Randy's horrible joke there, we will continue to roll on. Does TJ get an easier path, no offense to Kerry, to the Hall of Fame on Monday and Tuesday, or does Randy Carricker ride off into a four-day weekend as another fight champion? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. Excuse me while I whip this out. Uh, the most out-of-pocket drop you have, Randy. Unbelievable. TJ, I'm sorry. Randy Carricker got you in the fight there. Over 100 years of college football, Michigan is the winningest program in college football history with 991 wins. Randy, you named just about every other team in the top five. Ohio State and Alabama are Andy tied. going to be furious with me. Are tied at 953. Notre Dame is fourth, and uh, Texas, Oklahoma, 5-6, and then Yale still up there with all that Ivy League nice. success back in the day. Still seventh over Overall in total wins with Go 929. Bulldogs. So a win for Randy Carricker in the fight. TJ, great job taking him to the tiebreaker, but unfortunately, Randy Carricker wins today. Thanks for letting me play. I realize now that that guess was a really horrible guess. <laughs> Aww, it's okay. You know what? You great. I, I really wish Michigan had only averaged about one win per year over the last 100 years. It would make me a lot happier. I want to live in your world, TJ. That's a fantastic world to live in. Exactly, Carrie. Let's go through all those questions and answers. The only quarterback in NFL history to tally 13 300-yard games in one season was, in fact, Drew Brees in 2011, part of one of his many 5,000-yard campaigns. Who is the NFL's only five-time season leader? For touchdown passes, Randy, you think it's because he knew what was coming that Tom Brady has yeah, done five times? Defenses. That helps. Okay, it helps. Uh, Justin Jefferson, not Jordan. Justin Jefferson became the quickest player in NFL history to pass the 5,000 yard, uh, receiving yards mark. He would be the Bears' all-time leader in, in, in reception yards because he last night passed. Do you know who the Bears' leading receiver all-time is, Randy? Um, oh, who is, who is it? 1950s star. Yeah, I, Johnny I, Morris. Johnny Morris, yeah. <laughs> just, Running back, right? <laughs> just, yeah. Um, he's the career-leading receiver for the Bears. Walter Payton is third. He is, yeah, exactly. What is the winningest college program in, or uh, what is the winningest program in college football history? It is, in fact, again, Michigan with 991 wins. Bama and Ohio State tied with 953. Thank you again, TJ, for joining the fight and joining the show. Thank you, guys. I Good appreciate job, it. Thank you. Have a great weekend, TJ. Great to have you with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk some Cardinal baseball with our friend Chip, Chip Carey. Uh, he's got the Phillies in. Oh, no, the Cardinals are on Apple tonight, so uh, yes. Chip will have Saturday and Sunday. So we're going to get Chip on an off day. He'll probably go to the game tonight anyway. He's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brooke, Carrie, Randy, and we head to the celebrity line, and our friend Chip Carey, the TV voice of the Cardinals on Valley Sports, joins us on a Friday morning. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. How are you? Good. Okay, let's just get it out there. You hate the fact that you get, don't get to work today because it's an Apple game, don't you? Yeah, yeah I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. I hate it. I hate it. I'm, 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 a, sign up. I'm, I'm a guy that signs up for 162, but it is what it is. 
And, uh, you know, a day off every now and then is not such a bad thing. But, yeah, I wish I was doing the game for sure. Hey, I wanted to ask you, we were talking earlier about the Braves, who you had a chance to see er earlier in the road trip. And, by the way, a great job by the Cardinals on the road trip, and we'll get to that. But the Braves have so many players that have played so many games this year. And historically, they've done it. Acuna and Olsen have both played in every single game this year. Is that something... That, that as you observe the organization, is that a Brian Snitker thing? Is that what, where does that come from? That durability throughout the roster? Oh, I think that's a culture thing there. I think that's something that Bobby Cox talked about. Uh, you know, playing every day is a skill set. Being able to fight through uh, the nagging aches and pains, that's an important thing. And the luxury for a manager of being able to plug four, five, six guys in the lineup every day at a position and in the lineup uh, creates a great deal of consistency, not just for yourself, but for your opponents. Uh, I think the Braves have always drafted and developed guys that uh, want to play and want to play every day. And the really good players who can do that obviously gives you a lot more of a chance to, to win a ball game. But that goes back to when Chipper Jones played. That goes back to when Brian McCann played. That goes back to uh, when Jeff Blauser and Mark Lemke played. Dale Murphy played every day. Uh, I, it's something that's really admirable in today's era of load management for professional athletes who are getting paid for a full season but don't play. And uh, kudos to them. It served them well. Their best players are in the lineup every day, and they've got the best record in the league for a reason. Let's go back to Tuesday's game with Adam Wainwright on the mound, on the mound finally picking up career win number 199. What was it like calling that game and seeing him finally get that one? Oh, I was a relief for everybody, Brooke. I think everybody uh, has nothing but ultimate respect for Adam Wainwright and his career and ultimate respect for the competitiveness with which he's approaching his craft. Is he the same guy that he was last year or 10 years ago? Of course not. But this guy is going out and trying to accomplish something for himself and for the team. And uh, unfortunately, with the team where they are in the standings, he's earned the right to go out and pursue an individual goal. And uh, he's giving it everything he's got. He pitched great. He was competitive. He made big pitches when he had to, which was vintage Adam Wainwright. And it's something that I think has been weighing on the entire team, quite obviously. Uh, they want to help him get that uh, uh, ever-elusive 200th victory. When he's pitched well, we haven't scored. When he's pitched poorly, it's been 7 nothing after three innings, and you can't play catch-up. So uh, we were all really happy for Adam, not just that he got to 199, but the way that he did it. Uh, we really all hope that over these last three starts that he's potentially going to have that uh, he pitches just like he did, and we can support him and we can get that number 200 here on the homestand. Chip, the Cardinals were returning from a road trip where they went six and six and three, uh, winning all three series versus teams that are top of the division or fighting for a playoff spot. What did you make of that road trip, and and why are haven't we been able to see that all season long? Well, that's just a short sample size, Gary. But look, I, I think what we saw on the road trip was a team effort. Uh, you know, I, I think Ollie's gotten a lot of grief at times this year because of bullpen management, or starting pitching management, and all that stuff. The guy on the nine-game road trip did a masterful job of picking lanes and slots where he can put his guys in positions where they have the best chance to succeed. That is not an easy thing to do when you're dealing with rest and usage and all of that kind of stuff. And those are things that fans, I don't think, understand. But just the way he's been able to uh, manipulate this bullpen that has been changed on the fly, to use a hockey term, I think has been a remarkable job by him. Secondly, the Cardinals uh, did an excellent job defensively. Tommy Evans set the tone in Atlanta with those two great plays in center field, a la Andrew Jones, a la Harrison Bader, a la Jim Edmonds. Uh, you know, they, they caught the ball. 
Uh, and they've gotten clutch and timely hits from other guys besides Arenado and Goldschmidt. And that's what you want is when you have a team effort offensively, you don't have to just lean on two guys. It's no secret. Nolan's not having the best September. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you have 28 guys that are pulling on the rope in the same direction and they played well. Uh, I think in all in eight of the nine games, they were very competitive in them and won six of them. So, uh, yeah, this is a promising thing to look forward to as uh, we try to play the role of the spoiler hero the final three weeks. Chip Carey with us on 101 ESPN. And Chip, Zach Thompson goes tonight. What impressions have you drawn of him since the All-Star break and his return to the rotation? Uh, confidence, command, control, poise. There's a routine there. I think he's getting more and more familiar with what he is, what he is and what he isn't. Um, you know, he's he's uh, he's got a great arm. He's got four pitches. All he needs now is seasoning and a chance to to go out there and do it every fifth day. I'm a big fan. I think he's got a chance to be a a big winner. I've said a couple of times on the broadcast, his stuff reminds me of Max Fried in Atlanta, and uh, the way he delivers the baseball reminds me a lot of Clayton Kershaw. And uh, if he can channel those two guys. Uh, here in the final weeks of this season and carry that forward into spring training. I think the Cardinals will have a guy that they can count on uh, in their rotation in some way or form. Young guys that throw hard from the left side like that with command are hard to find. And uh, the fact that we've got one in the fold is very, very encouraging. And may have, too, if Matthew Libertor can find some command. What have your impressions of him in the bullpen? And I know it's a very small sample size, but what have, what have you thought of Libertor coming out of the pen? Randy, you and I are old guys. Remember when young guys would come up from the minor leagues and they would start to and learn their trade and serve an apprenticeship in the bullpen and then figure out how to pitch and then come in and start to start games? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of what the Cardinals are doing again with Matthew, it seems to me. Go in there for an inning, inning and a third, get three outs, get four outs, let it rip. Go in there and just tear it up and go get it. And he's done that. Uh, the, the fact that Ollie is using him in more and more leveraged situations, I think, is indicative of what the Cardinals feel about him now whether he can start and go through a lineup three times in a major league game consistently or not is still an open question but the fact that he can go out there and do what Steven Matz was doing in the bullpen uh, I think is, is really really encouraging he's learning about himself again these are all kids I think we're all guilty of, of forgetting that these are all 22 23 year old uh, kids that are learning how to pitch in the major leagues rather than apprenticeships at AAA and uh, I think by and large the kids have done a good job and I'm very excited as you said for Bozak and Matthew. Speaking of the bullpen, who do you think will be the Cardinals' closer moving forward? And I say this because I know that Ryan Helsley, obviously, with back-to-back saves in this Orioles series that we just saw, but also JoJo Romero before going on the IL, it seems like he really made an impression on Ali Marmol and the Cardinals. Yeah, he has. Uh, Brooke, I think that's absolutely right. Uh, Romero's been good. Uh, Gallegos has been really good the last couple games on the road trip. You mentioned Helsley. It's always good to have options. Uh, because managers have to worry about usage. The preference for uh, the Cardinals is not to use Ryan on back-to-back days, but he did it twice on the road trip. If he can't go on any given day, well, you've got Romero who can close. You've got Gallegos who can close. Um, you know, John King has come in and, and under the radar has been a very effective guy getting the ball on the ground and getting big outs in the game. So uh, for that three, four, five-week stretch where we really didn't have any options because, A, we weren't winning enough games, and, B, the guys weren't all that effective, all of a sudden, with Helsley back, that sets up your bullpen from the ninth inning forward and gives Ali a whole lot more options, not just in terms of the game-to-game and batter-to-batter matchups, but how he plans his bullpen usage going forward in a series, and every manager will appreciate that. Hey, Chip, do you have any concern over Nolan Gorman? Uh, his third time being on the I.L. or being injured with either a back issue or a hamstring issue, is there any cause for concern there? 
Uh, no cause for concern other than you hate to see young guys miss time. He was on his way to a 30-homer season for the Cardinals. Uh, there's a chance he'll be back. Uh, would you like to see guys that young not have back problems? Yeah, of course you would. But he believes, and the Cardinals believe, it's something that can be managed. The hamstring is just something that, that popped up on him. Uh, I don't think he thinks it's serious. I spoke to him briefly in Baltimore, and he said it had been bothering him for a couple of days. So those are all things that they'll just have to manage and work their way through. But obviously, you'd like to see your young guys stay healthy for a whole year. And hopefully, with nutrition and rest and management and things of that nature, the Cardinals will find a solution to keep him on the field for 130 or more next year. So even though tonight is an Apple game, Chip Carey is going to find his way into the ballpark, right? I'll be there. Yeah, I got an event with Ozzie Smith, which is always a treat uh, earlier today with uh, some sponsors to the ballpark. I'll be over there. I'll go in and bother the radio guys, eat their food, steal Claiborne shrimp, and then uh, uh, wander around the press box and see who else I can bother while they try to do their jobs. And by the way, with Mike Claiborne, it's always going to be great shrimp, right? He doesn't get the the middle-of-the-road stuff. Oh, of course. I mean, Mike's first class, you know that. Come on. This guy, I mean, he, uh, he, he's, uh, he's one of a kind. That's all I'll say. <laughs> when they made Mike Claiborne. And uh, you are the same. Thank you, sir. We appreciate the time. As always, have a great weekend. Okay, guys. Enjoy. See you soon. See you later. Chip Carey, the TV voice of the Cardinals on Bally Sports with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got our Rush Hour Reset, and then a busy hour, we're going to be joined by Evan Cohen of Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, and then Aaron Nola, the Phillies right-hander who pitches tonight at the bottom of the hour here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The Cardinals opening a seven-game homestand tonight as they take on the Phillies for three and the Brewers for four tonight. The Cardinals will pitch to Zach Thompson against Aaron Nola of Philadelphia. It's a 7-15 game. It's Roberto Clemente Day, and the Cardinals will try to stay on the winning track after winning two of three in Atlanta, two of three in Cincinnati, and two of three in Baltimore. And, of course, Atlanta has the best record in the National League. Baltimore has the best record, for the moment, in the American League. Go cards. There go you go. Cards. Oh, you just—that's—that's that's all they need to do is just to face those two. I mean, luckily for those who they won't have to. I, do you think they're counting their lucky stars? They don't have to face the Cardinals in the postseason. Oh, no yeah, doubt. yeah. They, they're like, ooh, got that <laughs> out of the way. There's always that, that team you didn't want to. The, nobody wants to see that team in the playoffs. Yeah, nope. the, the Cardinals are that. Team. What are our? Uh, Potential. What's the potential of us making it to the playoffs now? Where are we at? Well, we are going to win the division. Ah, that's gosh, been, that, that's that been established. Ship has sailed. That, that, no. That, 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 they're well done, Brooke. You that sure? ship has sailed. Okay. Yes. All right. What about uh, the as wild card? As far as the elimination number for the wild card, it's six. So any combination at the moment of six Cardinals wins and uh, uh, San Francisco, they lead the. Uh, they're the third wild card team right now. Any combination of six Cardinal uh, losses and San Francisco wins uh, <sighs> results in the Cardinals being eliminated. By the way, what a race down the la- down the stretch. San Francisco is seventy five and seventy one. Arizona is seventy six and seventy two. They're both at five fourteen. And Cincinnati is seventy six and seventy two. There's a three way tie essentially for the final playoff spot in the National League. And Miami is only a half game behind. So four teams are vying for one spot. If you want to include the Cubs, they're two and a half up on San Francisco. I think the Cubs are in pretty good shape. But the Giants, D-backs, Reds, and Marlins all could very easily find themselves in the playoffs. Randy, we still got a chance. Uh, well, the Cardinals would have to win the rest of their games to get to 81 and 81. Well, it has, it has happened. happened. It has happened. <laughs> that would mean that the Arizona Diamondbacks would have to go 5 
and the Reds uh, would have to go five and nine the rest of the way. Good. You don't believe in Cardinals Devil Magic? Is that believe. what you're saying, Randy? Sixteen in a row. <laughs> yeah, you gotta believe, man. I believe. All right. I believe you that believe the Cardinals will be eliminated. Magic. Okay. All right. so, However, the the Red Hot Cardinals over the last ten games, hottest team in the National League. Ooh, there you go. How about that? You didn't see that coming, did you? Speaking of how about that, can I just say one thing? Is I didn't talk about him my bird watch, and I probably should have because you know I got I always do a Thomas and JC report. The nineteen broadcast, nineteen year old broadcaster. How about that, Uh, Thomas and JC with a four hit day yesterday. What Three doubles. Is he going to play when he comes up here? That's a great question. Let him play um, second. We'll give him a shot. Somewhere. Just put him yeah. anywhere. Okay. I, I, I heard that he doesn't have the strongest throwing arm, but you don't need a spectacular throwing arm to play second base. You don't. First base. Play him at first. Oh. Let him DH. Gorman's hurt. He just got to Springfield. How about, about Springfield? How about that? How about that? Yeah. Uh, or Springfield. Yeah. Wait, is he in Springfield? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I think he just got called up to Springfield. Yes. So I should go. know that. Being uh, the Thomas, uh, Thomas to JC reporter. There you go. Excusez-moi. Yeah. No, so JC, you know the name. You're way ahead of the game. Uh, last night, <laughs> Thursday night football, Philadelphia over Minnesota 34-28. to 28. Philadelphia was really good. And Minnesota just turns the ball over too much. Cousins with an interception and a fumble. And then a couple of other fumbles. Justin Jefferson fumbling over the pylon and out of the end zone that cost San Francisco, or San Francisco, cost Minnesota a touchdown. Minnesota could have won that game, but uh, they just turned the ball over too much. Can we say that Kirk Cousins looked really, really good? Mm -hmm. Uh, You look at the end result, and some people might not think that, but he looked really, really good. It was just all the other stuff that was going on. And, Carrie, you touched on it earlier, but establishing the run game matters, I think. I mean, the Vikings Man. so far through two games, 740 yards of total offense, 69 of which coming from the ground. That doesn't seem sustainable. No. And you mentioned, sorry, Kerry, no, uh, Cousins last night, 31 of 44, 364, four touchdowns and no picks, and a lot of speculation on ESPN this morning that he'll get traded to the Jets. Mm. Is it bad that I wish for every team that chose not to pay a running back or move on from a running back that I hope for their failure this year? No, it's I, not I, a bad I got thing. A, the Minnesota uh, Vikings being one, the Los Angeles, I'm sorry, the well, the Los Angeles Chargers didn't want to pay Eckler. I hope they lose every game. The Las Vegas Raiders, <laughs> I hope they lose every game. They didn't want to pay Josh Jacobs. Uh, who, am I, who, who else am I missing? Uh, the New York Giants, we saw that they're going to lose every game. I, I hope that all of these teams that did not take pride in the position, Colts. the Colts, oh, yeah, lose every game, brother. Go ahead and lose all of them if you can. If not, I hope that all of those teams are vying for the number one pick, trying to draft a quarterback. When you know what you need, dummies, mm-hmm. I'm running you back. You need a running back. <laughs> right. This yeah. would be beautiful for me to see. This is karma. Is, I pray that this takes place, that every one of them, Finds themselves fourth and one, unable <laughs> to get a first down. That's a little harsh on the Vikings, isn't it? No. The they hell with them. They, they drafted they, a guy in the third round. So what? You moved on from Dalvin <laughs> Cook for no reason because you thought that Alexander Madison, who looks similar to Dalvin Cook, is, is, is able to do what Dalvin Cook does. They look similar in a uniform. They ain't the same but people. Kerry, Kerry, what did having the highest running back in the league for 10 years get him? Who? I, the Vikings when they had Adrian Peterson. Uh, that's that was a different time. They didn't have anybody. Well, what else did they? Who was their quarterback? Christian Ponder. Well, they had a lot of different guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the problem. 
Well, so they got a decent guy now, and they don't have a running back. I hope they lose every game. <laughs> now, it's going to be a point, I'm sure, where the, obviously the Chargers and the Raiders play one another. Somebody's got to win. Mm-hmm. Let's hope for a tie. Okay, let, yeah. Let, let's hope for ties, and every one of these teams <laughs> are 0-15-2. That's what I hope for. A 35-35 tie with five touchdown passes for each yes! team. Yes! <laughs> this is what you yeah. asked for, and it's fourth and goal, and you can't punch yeah. it in. I pray for these things. Busy weekend. (laughs) Obviously, the Cardinals taking on the Phillies over the weekend. Mizzou and K-State tomorrow, 11 o'clock at Faroe Field. And that one can be seen on SEC Network. St. Louis City SC is at Houston tomorrow night, 7.30 in Houston. That one, of course, can be seen on Apple and then another weekend of NFL action. Tomorrow, we've got Georgia and South Carolina here on 101 ESPN at 2.30, followed by Florida and Tennessee. Our NFL triple header on Sunday, Bills and Raiders at noon, Rams and Niners at 3.05, and then Patriots and Dolphins Sunday night football. And Monday night, you've got the Panthers and the Saints. That's our Rush Hour Reset. It's 9.08. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed since Rolex Jeweler. Coming up, we've got a new show here on 101 ESPN. Before us, it's called Unsportsmanlike. And our next guest, Evan Cohen, works with Michelle Smallman and Chris Canty. Evan Cohen joins us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome back to the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and we have a new show that comes on before us here on 101 ESPN. It's called Unsportsmanlike with Chris Canty, Evan Cohen, and Michelle Smallman, our friend. And Evan Cohen joins us now on the Celebrity Line here on 101 ESPN. Evan, good morning. How are you doing? Morning, Randy. Morning, Kerry. How are you guys? We're great, great. And, and it's great to have you with us. First of all, I got to spend a couple of years doing mornings with Michelle Smallman, and everybody in St. Louis loves her. I hope you understand that you're working with a St. Louis treasure every morning. <laughs> oh, trust me, I understand it. There's nobody better than her, and she rushed St. Louis big time. You know, she has a mug that she literally brings in to drink coffee that has the map, like a map of St. Louis kind of engraved in the mug. She reps the Cardinals all the time. She praises somebody that she and I both love, Yadier Molina, all the time. And I am so beyond lucky the way that you were, Randy, and Carrie and everybody at the station in St. Louis and working with her because there may not be a more versatile person relative to personality than Michelle Smallman. She can literally – she has come in so far – so far, she's come in with a black eye because she tripped and fell. Oh. She's come in post-book club she organized. She came in post-New York Fashion Week, which she was at, and post-NFL Sunday with all kinds of takes all over about all the NFL teams and has made sure that she's let everyone nationally know how you guys all feel in St. Louis that she hates the Rams. Yes. She can do it all. She can literally do it all, and I am beyond lucky to be with her every single day. Well, we are happy because we get to hear you all every morning, and, and I heard you all talking about Yadier Molina and who would be the worst person, to the, the best person to play for an opposing team, and Yadier was on that list. I enjoy listening to you all, and you all do have a great find in Michelle. We love her. Tell her ILL tomorrow because uh, that's where we went to school at. I am an Illini as well, and we are looking forward to hearing you all every single day. Well, I appreciate 
appreciate that. And I'll tell you, well, first of all, I went to Wisconsin, so we can't be necessarily uh, on that one. Well, you were good, but, Kevin. It's been fun, all right? No? All right, yeah, Kerry, see you later. Goodbye. You can have Coach Taylor and all your quarterbacks back in the day. Uh, you had Simeon Rice, Dana Howard, yes. like big linebackers back in the day there. I know that. We had some but good teams. But by the way, the Yadier conversation, can we talk about that for a second? Please so, do. here's my thing about Yadier. And remember, I'm from New York. I went to the University of Wisconsin. I've lived in Wisconsin, New York, and Florida uh, over the course of my life. And I think that – so I was around the Cardinals a tiny bit with the Palm Beach Cardinals, actually, actually for spring training, and then obviously when the St. Louis Cardinals are there. But I'm going to tell you something. I think Yadier Molina is criminally underrated as an all-time great athlete. When you think of the Patriots dynasty, you think of Brady and Belichick. When you think of the Bulls, you think of Michael, obviously, Scotty, Rodman, Phil Jackson. The Cardinals, uh, leave this year out, but the Cardinals, for the better part of the last 20 years, let's say, since 06 or whatever you want to say, 04, whatever, whatever year you want to use, Paulus left, LaRusa left, Walt Jockety was there, obviously did a great job and, and handed off to Mazelias. You've had multiple managers and the one constant that nobody talks about, the one thread, is Yadier Molina. He is criminally underrated as one of the great he's, – he's Tim Duncan. I mean, that's kind of what he is, and nobody wants to bring that up. I love Yadi, and I think he's criminally underrated. And I, I think the Cardinals even underrated his impact on their franchise this year, Evan. When you look at what the Cardinals have, and, and they brought in Wilson Contreras, and Kerry said it best, having Yadi was kind of like having a group project where one guy did all the work and everybody got an A for it. And I, I think that's what happened this year. I agree with Kerry that Yadi did everything for this franchise, and maybe the Cardinals didn't recognize how much he did for him. I think you may be onto something, and I think that's one of those things. It's like, okay, so how do you leave behind culture if you are the culture? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, if I use the weird comparison to the Spurs, but it's not really that weird, right? I mean, if you think about the Cardinals organization, they have no interest in being loud. They have no interest in talking all the time. They have interest in winning baseball games and having a great culture. Greg Popovich talks about it all the time. When people give him credit for the culture of the organization, he's like, there's no, there's, what do you mean credit? It's Tim Duncan. There's a, there's a story about Greg Popovich and Steve Kerr, now head coach, of course, of the Warriors, where they go to dinner every year. They order a really expensive bottle of wine. They give each other a little cheers, Michelle Smallman style, with that expensive bottle of wine there in the fancy <laughs> restaurant, right? They give each other a cheers, and it's, they say to Tim Duncan, because they know they can afford that bottle of wine because of what Tim Duncan did for them. And I think that's kind of yachty, in my opinion, outside looking in for the Cardinals. It's hard to leave behind culture if you are the culture. Evan, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the first week of the NFL season. Uh, You're from New York. You saw what happened on Monday night with Aaron Rodgers going down. Just tell me about that moment. Well, the moments leading up to that game and and coming into the New York franchise, Jet franchise, and the moments after he tore his Achilles. Carrie, you know what I think about with this? And you played in the league, right? I don't remember what number you – what number did you wear when you played? 38. 38. Okay. So the, the reason I ask you that question is I think most people look at you as 38. Mm-hmm. They don't look at you as Carrie. They don't look at you as a person. Yeah. I think most people looked at Rogers as 12 and now eight. And the reason I say that is I think that on Monday night, even for me, and I'm not a big Rogers guy, 
But on Monday night and into Tuesday and into the rest of the week, I've looked at him as a person. Yeah. I looked at him and I said, you know, I sit there and debate this guy all day, Rodgers versus Brady, which is no debate, it's Brady. But we always do that stuff. We always just treat them as football players or baseball players, basketball players, hockey players. And we don't go to the place where we should go more often, which they're people. This guy worked his butt off to get to New York, to be with the Jets, to make this year unbelievably successful. And in four plays, it's over. I equated this on our show on before you guys, of course, on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, that if Smalls, Canty, and I, we, we work so I mean, you know Michelle way better than I do. Michelle has worked her butt off for 20 years to get to this place that she deserves to be at. Could you imagine if five shows in, all of a sudden, we have some sort of vocal cord issue and we can't do the show? It's not, and we, we literally canceled the show. We didn't say anything wrong. We didn't do anything wrong. We didn't get fired. We just can't do the show. The human emotion of that taken away from you has got to be just a killer. And that's where, Carrie, my mind went was thinking about the person, which I got to be honest, I don't normally do with Rogers yeah. because he's turned me off a bunch over the course of time. Evan Cohen from Unsportsmanlike with us on 101 ESPN. You can hear Evan with Michelle Smallman and Chris Canty before our show here on 101 ESPN. 24 hours before the Rodgers injury, you had the Giants. And I've seen a lot of grief thrown the way of Daniel Jones. Not that Daniel Jones is great, but Evan, can you think of a quarterback in the league that would have succeeded under the circumstances that Daniel Jones played under on Sunday night? Yeah, only somebody that you think could actually just, like, run away from people, right? Whoever, like Michael Bick, you know, whoever you would see young, somebody that you would deem to be, like, an unbelievable running quarterback, I guess, is where you would go on this. I think Daniel Jones is taking a little bit too much heat, to be honest, at this point. I agree with you. He's not spectacular, but he's good enough. Now, I don't know that good enough at $40 million is exactly where you should go. The question is always then, okay, if not him, then who? And that's where it's a very tricky thing. I, I thought all along the Giants were not going to be very good this year. I was in the minority on that, but I look at it a little differently in this regard. I look at Belichick assistant coaches, and I'm a huge Belichick guy. Belichick assistant coaches, like as Brian Dayball, the head coach of the Giants, was in year one, always great, overachieved. In year two, always underachieved. Go look back. Nick Saban with the Dolphins. Eric Mangini with the Jets. Romeo Cornell back in the day with the Browns, even Joe Judge with the Giants, Josh McDaniels, who obviously spent a year with, in St. Louis with the Rams. Josh McDaniels, year one with the Broncos, then year two was gets fired before the season ends. So I think there's an element to this that I'm just not sure how good they're going to be this year. And I think that division is pretty tough, Randy. When you think about Dallas and what they did, obviously the Eagles are defending NFC champs. And Washington at least will be respectable. I think that's a very tough division. Evan, after watching the first week uh, of games, who was the most impressive and, and I guess the least impressive that you saw on Sunday and Monday? Well, least impressive, I, I think you would go um, with Chicago, as much as I hate to say this. Like, I'm not rooting against them. I just don't understand how that is what happened to you. You look awful, hmm. absolutely awful in that game against the Packers. And, I mean, Kerry, can you imagine if they lose on Sunday to Tampa yeah. and they're 0-2 with all this hype? And then most impressive, I think you got to go with San Francisco. Mike Tomlin is a, a top two, three coach in the league. 
And San Francisco annihilated them on Sunday. Yeah, for me, San Francisco would be my pick. They looked amazing. I, I go back to like the third or fourth play of the game where the offensive line for the uh, Steelers forgot to block Fred Warner. It, it makes it it makes a difference. <laughs> it, it makes a difference. If you don't block him, you you probably aren't going to win games. Uh, you know you don't say. Interesting angle. A guy who forgets the block, not good. I would agree don't forget to block him. <laughs> I mean, we like the Illini have had those moments oh, against my we, Badgers. We, this time. Listen, we've had a few. We now we won some, but we we've had a few. Ron Dane, I still Wait, got teammates. I ask, can, Go ahead. Can I ask you guys a question? I don't mean to interrupt, but no, anything no I should know about Michelle Smallman? Any ammo that I could have on the show with her here? Because oh. she is, as you said, Randy a St. Louis legend, even though she's not old enough to be a legend. She's so great at what, she's, what she does. She's maybe the most likable person you're ever going to meet on and off the air. Anything I need to know about Smallman? I got one. And, and it's, it's going to break her heart that I told you this because it breaks my heart. Uh, if you bring up North Carolina versus the Illini in the, in the national championship, Sean May, she might lose her mind. I love her. Uh, she already has. No, there she you already go. has. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That 2005 national championship game drives her nuts. Yep, I was there. Absolutely we all were. Yeah. It was unfortunate. And the other thing about her is, and you guys kind of talked about it on the on the show earlier in the week. Uh, I, I don't know if it was specific to her, but she does have the ability to write hip hop lyrics. <laughs> okay, let's go there for a second. So she she writes raps for you, Randy. Is that what happened? Yeah. Is that so what I need uh, to know. So yeah. Uh, one of my pseudonyms here at 101 ESPN is Ran DMC. Uh, I, I'm I'm, uh, I'm not quite to the Eminem or Vanilla Ice level, but I've done it before. I, I dabble. You tell and, them who you did it with. Oh, with, the, with uh, well, Murphy yeah. Lee, one yeah, of the yeah. Saint Lunatics. I was up on stage with him. He invited me to go on tour with the guy. But uh, yeah, wow. yeah. Look at you. what a name drop! You, <laughs> Murphy Lee, Nelly, you're going to wear the bandaid underneath your eyes. Yeah, is it, you. Is that you, a ball? Randy, I didn't see that. Is that a baller move or what? So, uh, wow. So, so anyway, Wait, so you're not. Wait, so Carrie, Carrie, we got to announce. Uh, we got to announce. Steve, if, and I don't know if you're a hip hop guy either. Of you, yes. But if you're not Eminem. Or you're not, uh, who did you say? Vanilla Ice, Ice yeah. Oh, Vanilla Ice, right. So then are you Jack Harlow? Are you the late Mac Miller? Who are you exactly in this? Are you MGK? Where Where are you? If you're going with a certain theme, clearly, that you went with there with Vanilla Ice and Eminem. Well, one of the problems I have is that the only ink that I have is invisible. Um, so I don't know if I can go Mac Miller on you here. Um, I would say that I'm a milder version of Eminem. How's that? I, I, actually, I think that's right on, spot on. I'm good with that. A milder version of yeah. Eminem. Yeah. Okay. And, All right. And by the way, uh, Evan, I would not have a giant Arch and Stanley Cup tattoo on my back if Michelle Smallman had not almost insisted that I get one in 2011. I, I Finally, she pushed me so hard. I said, fine, they're never going to win a Stanley Cup. I'll get one. And then they win the Stanley Cup, and I've got a giant Stanley Cup tattoo on my back just because of and Michelle you're just singing, And you're just singing Gloria every single day. Now every right? every so single day. He, yeah. he walks into the studio singing it. <laughs> <laughs> got it. Got it with the blues. Come on now. Yeah. Hey, we love your show. We love the fact that you laugh and have fun with sports. We are in the toy store of life after all. And thanks so much for the time. Congratulations on the show. And uh, we'll be listening every morning. I appreciate it. Thank you both so much. And I appreciate uh, you lending uh, Michelle's talent out to the national network. But you know what? She's still on one-on-one in St. Louis. So 
I mean, what a lineup you guys have to have her in the morning before you guys. You guys are representing St. Louis all day, and I appreciate being a part of your community by way of Michelle and by way of you guys on every single morning. Evan Cohen of ESPN's Unsportsmanlike every morning, 5 to 7, here on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carey, Randy, coming up, we're going to talk to Philly's right-hander Aaron Nola, who starts tonight for Philadelphia. He'll join us next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The pitch. Swing and a pop-up. Foul, third base side. Sosa racing over. Foul ground. He's under it. He's got it. And the game is over. And the Phillies jubilant pile out of the dugout as they celebrate a win here in St. Louis. They hang on in the ninth, and it's a 2-0 shutout over the Cardinals. And they will advance to the division series to take on the Atlanta Braves. The last time Aaron Nola of the Phillies pitched here in St. Louis was last October 8th. He went six and two-thirds and threw shutout ball, allowing only four hits, and he'll pitch for the Phillies tonight against the Cardinals. And with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker, and Aaron Nola joins us now on the Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. Aaron, thanks so much for the time. How are you doing? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. We're excited to have you with us, and uh, we're excited to have you on game day. What's the Aaron Nola demeanor on game day when you're pitching? (laughs) Well, 7 o'clock game over here actually got um, my cousin lives over here now, and my mom's sisters are in town. So I go grab some food with them and kind of hang out all day, uh, try, try to walk around, not try to be in the room all day. So do that and then head to the field around, you know, 3, 2 or 3 o'clock and then kind of start getting ready for the game. Aaron, Forest Park is beautiful, and actually in Forest Park is a free zoo that is amazing to check out if you guys have time for that. Okay. Yeah, I heard about Forest Park. Uh, my cousin said he really likes that, that park over there. Well, Aaron, I also wanted to ask you about what has this season been like for you, focusing just on the task at hand, which is, of course, trying to help the Phillies make another October push, but also while dealing with what you know is possibly around the corner, which is free agency. Uh, yeah, for, for myself, it's been kind of up and down, kind of consistent year. But uh, we've been playing playing pretty well. Uh, all year, we're we're a little better position than we were uh, last year at this time. So uh, we're just hoping to to you know keep keep winning and try to secure that first walk our spot so we can host. Uh, but I mean, we still got a little bit of baseball left and got some tough games ahead of us. So um, we just want to keep playing good and you know hopefully get that first walk our spot down the down the stretch. Aaron, when we came back, you heard the cut from uh, you all's victory over the Cardinals last season. Let's take you back to last season and the roller coaster ride that it was. You all didn't start off very well. Uh, you moved on from your manager midseason. Just talk about how that season started and how you all ended it, and, and just kind of the ups and downs of twenty twenty two. Oh man, yeah, well, it was kind of a roller coaster. We uh, obviously managers, uh, two different managers switched um, kind of toward the beginning, middle of the year, and. Um, I don't think really anybody thought we were going to be in the position we were going to we were in uh, in the World Series. So it was it was fun. I think we ended the ended the regular season on like a ten twelve day road trip or something like that, and then we we weren't home for like three weeks until the NLDS. So 
I think that was fun for us. I think we really, we really got to enjoy being with each other um, as a team for that long on the road. And obviously for, for Trevor Love, this is the first time in the playoffs and uh, clinching a wild card spot over there in Houston uh, at, the, at the end of the year. So uh, we we're excited about that. And I think the, the group of guys that we did it with, uh, which is pretty much the same group of guys that we have this year. Uh, just made it that much sweeter. Uh, just the, the group and the chemistry is really good and um, never played selfishly, always always trying to pick each other up, and that's what made it fun for us. Aaron, what's more exciting for you, playing, pitching in a in a, a playoff game on the road with uh, in a hostile environment or pitching at home uh, where you got those guys backing you in the way that they do? I mean, both fun, but there's nothing like pitching at home. <laughs> in a I mean, our fans are pretty nuts, man. They're pretty crazy, uh, which makes it that much more fun. Uh, and they're pretty hard <clears throat> or really hard on the opposing team. But uh, Philadelphia Systems Bank, is it It gets pretty rocking over there during the playoffs. And uh, we always heard that because I think – at that time, Reese Hoskins, myself, Zach Eflin, uh, we were the ones that uh, kind of been on the team the longest and we hadn't made the playoffs. We went up in a rebuilding stage and um, we always heard, hey, just got to get to the playoffs. The fans are going to they're gonna show up. Like, it's going to be wild. And they're like, okay, okay. And then we finally got there and they did. And I was like, wow, this is addicting to be a part of. This is addicting to, to play in front of a fan base like this uh, in, in playoffs and a World Series. So <clears throat> I think pitching on the road is really fun against a hostile environment, but pitching at home, there's nothing like it. Aaron, you, you mentioned your fans in, in Philly. They can be tough on the opposition. They can be tough on you guys, too. I want to know what it was like in the dugout earlier this season with when Trey Turner was really struggling and he got that long-standing ovation. As, as you and your teammates are in the dugout and looking around and watching this, what were you thinking? Yeah, yeah they can be hard on you. They're, they're uh, not afraid to let you know when you're not, when you're not doing good. And it's, We have expectations for ourselves, too. They have expectations for us. Uh, we get that. Um, but I think it was cool. I mean, Trey turned the season around uh, in a second, I guess, kind of after that happened, I guess. But, I mean, we all knew what kind of player Trey is and was, and we knew he was going to snap out of that. Uh, didn't him and then he did, and, I mean, he's on fire, man. He's, that guy, is, he's playing He's playing so red hot right now. It's pretty fun to watch. And Aaron, you mentioned that you have a cousin here in town and you grew up in Louisiana and, and went to LSU. How aware of the Cardinal fan base are you? And how do you like pitching here in St. Louis? Yeah, I mean, coming here since 2016 uh, every year, um, I always love the stadium. It's a beautiful stadium. And then getting to pitch here in the Walker game last year um, was, was pretty cool having that many people here. Uh, and it's pretty electric. Uh, so, yeah, good fans over here. And, um, yeah, I always like playing over here. That's good. Well, as you mentioned there, having faced the Cardinals last season in the postseason, are you surprised that the Cardinals went through so many struggles this year? I mean, that's baseball sometimes. I know they, I think they've had uh, quite a bit of injuries, I believe, 
um, just from seeing on the outside. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I really hadn't looked too too far into that. I know they still got a good team. Uh, I mean, I look at their lineup, pitching against their lineup. I mean, their lineup's still almost similar. Um, and without a couple guys, they got some young guys coming up and that are here right now that are really good, that can play all really good. So, I mean, as, as a pitcher looking at that, yeah, they're not having the year they probably wanted to, but they're still they're still a good team. So it can't take them lightly uh, when you when you go in, especially to the home field and, and pitch against them. Aaron, you're from Louisiana, and I'm going to make an assumption here because I think all people from Louisiana are Saints fans or or football fans in general. Are you been paying attention to the football season so far this year? Honestly, man, I have not really. Really, <laughs> you're a little busy. I, uh, I understand. I paid attention a little more when Drew Brees was playing. Yeah, I was a big Drew Brees fan. I liked watching him play a lot. Well, they they got a pretty good team this year. Uh, Derek Carr may may do some things for them. I so, think. are you are you playing fantasy football? I know the Phillies have a fantasy football league. Are you uh, with your teammates playing fantasy football for the Phils? <laughs> I'm not. I had never really played fantasy. I played it one year. <laughs> That's all, all it took, huh? I, I should have quit a long time ago, too, Aaron. It's uh, <laughs> a bad habit. Don't get involved. It's hey, one year, sixteen, and I hadn't played since. <laughs> <laughs> Don't blame you. Hey, how did you get involved with Big League Impact? So, Plano, uh, I guess he kind of he talked about it to. Me and another guy on our team a couple of years ago and kind of donated some money to it. And uh, last year, Kyle Gibson was on our team and he was involved in bit. He's involved in Big League Impact a good bit. So he talked about it a, a lot and uh, got me kind of involved and kind of set up throughout the season, like what I wanted to do and like how I could help a charity out for Big League Impact during the year. So, I thought that was pretty cool and honestly wish I would have done it a long time ago since I've, since I've been up in the big league. So I think that's a great way to do something for, you know, an organization or a charity. Um, but I think that's how I got, got involved in it. But I think what Wayno does with this, with this deal is really cool. And, uh, you're involved in the all-win all campaign with Big League Impact. People can go to bigleagueimpact.org if they'd like to donate. What's the charity of choice for Aaron Nola? Uh, team Red, White, and Blue for me. And yeah, what, on the all campaign. What does Team Red, White, and Blue do? Team Red, White, and Blue, um, it, so they pretty much like believe that veterans um, are America's most resilient citizens, and they want to get them back on their feet. So... They do a bunch of stuff with with them and kind of guide them through the journey of uh, like virtual opportunities and real life opportunities uh, to build a healthier lifestyle and to get back get them back on their feet and um, make sure that the road ahead of them uh, is good. So I uh, I met those guys through Yingling a couple of years ago and wanted to, wanted to help them out any way I can and um, started the all in campaign last year and then did it this year again that's fantastic and people can go to bigleagueimpact.org and just go to Aaron Nola's all-win campaign if you'd like to participate Aaron thanks so much for the time we do appreciate it looking forward to you uh, pitching here in St. Louis tonight and then a lot more in the future 
Guys, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on this morning. All right, Aaron. Thank you. Take care. Uh, Aaron Nola, the Philadelphia right-hander here on 101 ESPN. Yeah. That, uh, did you like... <laughs> what? Just, just listening to you talk. Yeah, I just like the different tact there. Brooks subtly just like slips it in there. He Randy didn't even know bashes him. Over, Randy just bashes him over the head with it at the end. Yeah, <laughs> love it. That's what you have to do. I don't even think that he realized what I was doing. I told you guys though that I was going to sprinkle in some St. Louis positive facts, and very so it worked out. He walked well right into that one. Didn't oh, even know yeah. it was coming. And he's going to the zoo today, and he'll be hooked. Oh yeah. yes, he'll be hooked. So everybody, if you're gonna go out to the zoo today around the same time as Aaron Nola. Make sure you kind of even like clap, cheer him on. Don't just be creepy. Be like, oh, well, yeah, don't be don't creepy. Be creepy. Don't but, stare you know. at him and take pictures. And just if, you're, if you're going to the say game hello. tonight. Say hello. Hey, and good luck tonight. Spread yeah. this on social media. Tell your friends. If you're going to the game tonight, when Aaron Nola takes the mound for the bottom of the first inning, Give him a standing ovation. <laughs> Give him a St. Louis welcome. No, 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 I don't know about now, that. Uh, hey, hey, you might confuse hey. the Cardinals dugout a little no, bit with that. They know well, what it is. They know. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. everyone this is a knows. tactic. Yeah. Everyone gets yeah. it. All right. Best it. behavior at the zoo today, everybody. Best behavior. Yes. Absolutely. And wear your Phillies cap to the zoo. Ah, oh, no, uh, wear your Cardinal cap. Yeah, you say, Cardinals. hey, Aaron. Best but already, zoo in America. But already have like a Nola Cardinals jersey oh, or something like that. Yeah. So uh, I don't, here's one thing I just wonder, though. He wears number 27. How do you give that to Aaron Nola next year? Uh, I don't think it could be a problem. Okay. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, don't hey. think, I don't think that's the least of my worries. <laughs> <laughs> one week from today, you can join 101 ESPN for Blues and Brews at, at the Anheuser-Busch Brewery. You can get fired up for the blues season at an outdoor street party that features live music from country music star Chris Lane and local blues musician Marquise Knox. It includes imper- appearances by Jordan Bennington of the Blues, Colton Pareko, Braden Shen, Robert Thomas, Justin Falk, Kevin Hayes, Craig Berube, and Blues alumni, plus food trucks, 101 ESPN giveaways, and more. Tickets for Blues and Brews are on sale now. Get all the details at 101ESPN.com. Blues and Brews, presented by Bud Light, 101 ESPN, and 92.3 WIL. As we roll on and head down the stretch of this edition of the opening drive on 101 ESPN, we're going to give away some Cardinal tickets. We are going to give away Bud Bash tickets for next Tuesday night, next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. It's time for Rock and Roll, and you can text into win a four-pack of tickets to the Tuesday night Budweiser Bash. Cards and Brewers on September 19th. Final Bud Bash game of the season features a limited edition Brendan Ryan bobblehead giveaway. You can get all the details you need for next week's Bud Bash game now at cardinals.com slash promotions. And if you want to text in right now, 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO, you'll have a chance to score those Budweiser Bash tickets. Carrie has picked a category (laughs) that he's going to have to name a a number of items from this category in 30 seconds. So uh, the first three people that text in, what's the category that we have today? The category is, ready, years the Yankees won the World Series. Okay. You have to name in 30 seconds... Carrie, as many years th- as the Yankees won the World Series as you possibly can. And uh, what we need you to do is text in and tell us how many years you think 
the Yankees won the World Series. Okay? So, uh, Kerry, I think that... Uh, this there's, is a specific, be there's a strategy to this one, Carrie. Let's see oh, if you figure I, it out. I, trust yep. me. <laughs> I, I, trust me. You, you, you're going to hear it. All righty. You ready? Well, yep. do, do we have, the, do, do we oh, have okay. guests? We have guests in, yes. Okay, we hold on. We do have guesses. All right, I got you my are, pen. Uh, it doesn't matter if I... Oh, here we go. We believe in you. All righty. <laughs> Glad somebody does. All right, ready? Yes. Three, two, one... Go. 1950, 2000, 2001, 2002, one, two, that was three, a good four, strategy. five, six, that seven, eight, nine, ten, the eleven, best twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. There you go. And you got a couple in the twenties first. We yes. went back. You yes. got twenty-three and twenty-seven. Yes. And so that takes us up to fifteen of the of the Yankees twenty-seven World Championships. Unbelievable by Carrie Davis. That was a brilliant strategy. Look at me. That is big brain stuff <laughs> yeah. there. That yeah. is big brain stuff. That's exactly what I hope would happen. What do you call the bearded brain? brain? <laughs> the bearded brain, right? That's bearded brain stuff right there. <laughs> oh, oh, it was so it was such a great technique that Rocky yeah. was dying over there. My God. I'm just so happy it worked. Like I I had a vision in my head of how that was gonna work and it worked out perfectly. So oh, yeah. we will contact our winner and they will get two tickets. <laughs> <laughs> Did somebody have fifteen? Somebody guessed fourteen. Oh, that's beautiful. Go. Nice. Right right on right on the number there. And it is a Friday, so let's get really quickly into a little bit of our betting slip here. Mm-hmm. I want to jump into the main really the college football game I'm most interested in this weekend, and that is Colorado State facing off against Deion Sanders and Colorado. The line right now is 23 and a half, obviously plus for Colorado minus or a plus for Colorado State minus for uh, Colorado. So are we taking either Colorado to cover or Colorado to win by at least 24 points or Colorado State to cover 23 and a half? Sounds to me like Colorado State has made this personal and kind of offended. Deion Sanders and his crew, and yeah, they're, they'll cover the 23 and a half. Yeah. I think they're going to cover that, it, yes. Uh, 23 and a half feels like a lot for a team that is unable to run the football in the manner which Colorado does, but I I mean, I'm probably going to go with that as well. All right, Colorado well, State is not... Kind of scuffling. Kind of scuffling. Kind of, let's, yeah. let's stay with that game. Shadur Sanders passing touchdowns over under three and a half. You can get plus 116 on the over, minus 154 on the under. I'm going way over. I'm going to have to go, go over. over. As I I'm said, go they can't five. run the football. Yeah. And so if you're going to go plus 23 and a half, he's going to throw That's at least. 100% going on the betting. So that's yeah. a fantastic bet. I love the confidence from Randy Carricker. We're going to go to the NFL here. And because it's week two, we're going to go with, try to find some good unders because they hit at an insane level the first four weeks of the season. So here are the two that I picked out. Seahawks at the Lions over under 47 and a half. Oh. Seahawks have to go across. I'm going to go. 9 a.m. their time. I'm going to go under because if you watch Seattle last week, they didn't 
they didn't impress. I think Geno Smith threw for like 148, something like that, and one touchdown. Yeah. Wasn't very good. Um, and backup defense offensive tackles against that. Uh, yes, they just signed Jason Peters. He's like yeah. my age. Yeah, right. That's I, I'm gonna I'm gonna play general. the under here too. I although it kind of scares me because I think Detroit might score a bunch, but I could see this being like a 31 to. Maybe a 27 to 10. So yeah. that'll get us to 37. So I'm going to go under here. And then this one, a little bit lower scoring to take an under, but not not very good teams. Saints at Panthers. The over-under is 40 even right now. Ooh. If you watch that Saints-Titans game, you uh, would definitely was, think it's under. Yeah. Uh, 17-13 in this game, probably. That, that gets sounds, us to 30. That sounds like brutal TV to watch. <laughs> <laughs> 40. We're, we're going over. We are okay. going over. 2120. Put your right I, I, at 41. I thought 2320. Okay. So 43. That's fine. And one other NFL bet. I want you guys to pick between this Packers at Falcons, Packers plus one and a half, or Ravens at Bengals, Ravens plus three. Ooh. Ooh. So I away like, teams. I, I'm staying I'm away. Go Packers. Yeah. I, I'm, yeah. Me too. I'm, I'm staying away Packers. from Ravens, Bengals. Yes. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen there. No. I mean, Packers. Bengals could beat them by 20, completely erupt, and we wouldn't really be that surprised, would we? You, you I mean, or yeah. the, where's the, Green Bay? Green Bay is at Atlanta. Atlanta, and they're a dog in Atlanta, plus yeah. one and a half. Wow. Okay. I, I think the Packers win that outright. Yeah, I, I agree. Atlanta can't move the ball. Yeah, they and then can't pass it. At all. Yeah. And then one final bet here for our betting slip. City is at the Houston Dynamo. Oh. The tie Don't is plus 290, them. but the city win is plus 310. Okay. So personally, I'm thinking betting the city win here plus 310. Oh, okay. You. Yeah, you, we're going to do city win. Yeah, we're doing do positive affirmations this time because he's spoken to it. Is yes. a real thing. By the way, oh, I got to. Uh, how did you, did you have to do that? That was <laughs> Positive <laughs> affirmations was matter. Okay. You spoke into <laughs> existence the draw last time. Yeah, Don't do that again. Uh, okay, fine. Last night, I interviewed. Carolyn Kindle to put her into the St. Louis Sports Hall of Fame. And we're doing the interview, and I said, I heard you're pretty competitive. You should have seen her eyes flash. Yeah, she did. Wow. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's a really good golfer, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that starts at the top with City, yes. and it does trickle down. But she's pretty competitive, which is cool. Good to have that for yes. Our sports teams here in St. Louis for that sports team in particular. And cares so much about this city, too. Yep. yep. I have my golf tournament on Monday, and then I'm going to uh, not be here Tuesday either. So I'm going to miss you guys. This is like four, three day work weeks in a row for you, Mr. Character. They don't stop here. CD, we got to work. We got to learn this technique to strategize our days off. We got to go to lunch, and you got to teach us the the way around. (laughs) I I haven't done it. The, The major play is. After a like to take Friday and then the Tuesday after one of the holidays, yeah, mm. basically get a vacation. Yeah, to, need to do it. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great job today by our producer, audio engineer, the one, the only Matthew Rocky. Hope you feel better, man. Me too. Pleasure. Get some yeah, rest. It's been a yeah. pleasure. <laughs> what do you, why'd you ask him that? He hasn't been coughing much today. What do you got going on this weekend? Uh, just hang out. I don't really have any plans this weekend. Just gonna good. hang out. Probably do some yard work. How about that? How about that? How about that? Uh, CD, how about you? What do you got going on? Show us your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? We got Kirkwood, so. There you go. Ready. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. It's a a home game for you guys, right? It is a home game. First home game of the year. Good. Thank you. We thank yes. you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Balloon Party with T-Mac and Ajax coming up for all of us until Monday morning at 7 for these guys. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. That's right. You've been-
been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.